Oh, and I'm, I'm now getting my burger delivered. Thank you very oh. much. Was there a straw? Or was there no straw? You can't, you can't eat a burger with a straw, Ian. Everybody, welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby, and I'm David Dedrick. There you go. And we are at episode four hundred and fifty-two. For those of you that are keeping score, <laughs> and I believe the score right now between me and Dave is tied. Yep. Uh, and we'll see uh, what happens this episode. Will it break the tie? <laughs> Who will take it? Will it be Alder Grove or the Greater Vancouver area? We'll see. Are, do, you cons- who- do you consider yourself in the Greater Vancouver area? You're not in Vancouver proper. Oh, I don't even know what the difference is. What's the Greater Vancouver area? What's the, what's the, Vancouver? The area problem? outside of Vancouver. Like, oh, is it like Burnaby, New Westminster? Why do they think they're so much greater than us? Then screw those guys. I don't. <laughs> well, because yeah, you are in the lesser Vancouver area. You are in oh, Vancouver I don't like itself. This at all? Well, I didn't invent it. Huh. I'm just telling you how it works. Okay, forget it then. I'll it's, represent. I'm it's from more, Montreal originally. I'll represent Montreal. Then. Yeah, it's more about the fact that it's a. If you picture a circle, mm-hmm. or if you picture a like a pebble dropped into the center of Vancouver, All right, wait a second. Let me. Am I, I'm picturing time because time is a flat circle. Sure, sure. Now someone's dropped a pebble into it, and now concentric circles are are moving out away from the center, which is Vancouver. Mm. And you see, it starts with less area, and then it gets into a greater size area, which will be the area surrounding Vancouver. That is why it's called the Greater Vancouver Area, because it is a general area around Vancouver. Mm, okay. It is not a is not a value judgment placed on it. Make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. You okay. also made me think of Pebbles Flintstone for a second. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that my my analogy to of a pebble dropping in a in a, a body of water made you think of Pebbles. Did and, she take Bam uh, Bam. did she take did she take then Bam Bam's name when they got married? Did they so get? She, did they get married? She, they did. Uh, so is she Pebbles Rubble now? Because that's, that's a ridiculous name. That's too bad. That's if a, it's that's a if double that's a joke name, then <laughs> that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not good at all. Mm-mm. No one thought that through, did they? And also, no, it's, no, it's kind of she was Pebbles Flintstone Rubble. And even that, it's and now it's a triple joke name. Ugh. <laughs> it's even worse. If she hyphenated now, it. Now, do you think that their baby also would be super strength? Or would it just be like half super strength, baby? Uh, you know what? To be honest with you, I have seen very little of the Flintstones. Mm. Okay. Very, very little. So I don't really know anything about those characters. I'm going to assume that Bam Bam was strong. He was. Was that the joke of the character? He was incredibly strong. And, but he was... Bam, 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 bam. But he was Barney's kid. And no. Bar- he's not Barney's kid. He's Fred's, Fred's well, kid? He's, he's adopted. Um, they, oh, he, but- was a, he was a foundling. Oh, okay. So Barney and and Betty had no part in his in his uh, creation conception. Yeah, Bar- Barney and Betty, which is a weird thing for was... a Hanna Barbera cartoon. Yeah, um, there's a there was an episode where uh, Betty was very sad because she couldn't uh, she was not having a baby, and I'm like, they can't conceive a child. Yeah, that's that's, that's, a, that's terrible. You don't often have that with like Yogi Bear, just like <clears throat> hey, hey boo boo, I'm shooting blanks. <laughs> no. <laughs> Have you tried relaxing? <laughs> Maybe my underwear are too tight. You're not wearing underwear, Yogi. Maybe the problem is there's no girls around here. Oh, that could be a problem, Boo Boo. Actually, there was a there was a girl. There was Cindy Bear, I think. That was his girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I once again not. 
I wasn't a fan of the Hanna Barbera stuff. I you just, were more a Top Cat guy. I, I was not. I not. I was not a nothing. I was a nothing of those people. You were more people. a Mr. Jinx fan. <laughs> you were more a Secret Squirrel guy. Uh, Secret, Secret Squirrel was all right. You were more an Atom Ant. Uh, no, I never liked that. I, you know, I really more was not Gila Gorilla. Type. Yeah, yeah, I know. You, you can keep naming them if you want. You're more an inch high private eye fellow. <laughs> what was the What was the dog with? The, was the, like was there a dog? Yeah, character? there was a not Augie, Augie, not Augie Doggy, but like kind of a spy one, or maybe he was a mole. Maybe I'm thinking of a mole. A Morocco mole. That's who I was thinking and secret, of. And secret squirrel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's good that you can't remember because he was a secret agent. So it's good that you don't know his name. <laughs> it worked. That was the thing that they liked doing in old Hanna-Barbera cartoons, was the old pulling the hat down and making the hat a mask and mm-hmm. just having two little eye holes in the hat. Yeah. That was a that was a thing they did uh, fairly regularly in the Hanna-Barbera cartoons. I guess it made it made animating easier. Yeah, I guess so, because you just draw a hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty good, too, because you got a hat and you got a mask and you just combine them into one. Don't have to draw two things. It's smart. Yeah. It's a good move. Yeah. If they were doing a Lone Ranger, he'd probably just have a hat that was a mask. Someone was asking a little while ago wh- whether the, um, I think it was Rich Lewin was asking us our opinion about squashing and stretching in animated cartoons. And I was just thinking, I wonder if, if Hanna-Barbera is basically like the begin- like the the beginning of the end of that sort of animation, because it's just so... It's just so regular and staid and, you know what I mean? Like, this, and I, I know the reason they did it is because they didn't have the money to, to, to animate the way they animated Tom and Jerry. You know, like if you watch Tom and Jerry cartoons, you can see that Hanna-Barbera, Hannah Bar, the, two, the two artists, or animators, were get, good animators. Like they could draw like, you know, good action. They could do really yeah. good kind of slapstick. They had great character uh, designs and and then... You just, but you know, they were working for MGM. They had a they had a big budget, and then you take all that away, and they start. You know, MGM shuts down their animation studios. I assume after they ship everything out to Czechoslovakia, wherever it was, where Gene uh, Deitch did his weird Tom and Jerry ones. Where you're just like, who drew these? Yeah. An alien? Uh, and then they started their own animation studio. But because of the the you know the necessity of they just didn't have the money, they had to kind of create a whole new way of animating, which was a limited animation style. You know, yeah, there's the, a lot of walking and talking. And, and a lot, lot of re- repeating backgrounds. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tons and, of neckties so you can just animate the head. Sure, right. sure. Though there was, a side, there was a side thing going on at the same time, or at least it was before that, uh, which wasn't squash and, squash and stretch, which was rotoscoping. So there was also that, and you didn't squash and stretch in the rotoscoping world either. Sure. Just, and th- I mean, yeah, and I mean, of course. I mean, that happened pretty early on. I mean, Snow White, for instance, has tons of rotoscoping in it. Mm-hmm. Like her dancing and stuff, like, and, and everything like that. So, yeah, I think, and I mean, I mean, obviously, that's an attempt to like not be as cartoony as, say, a Mickey Mouse cartoon was. But they didn't throw out the 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 you know the uh, the expressive animation. They still had like Goofy and and Mickey Mouse and stuff like that. You know, they kind of maybe and you know, and there's lots of squashing and stretching with with the dwarves. It's really just the more human characters where they're trying to give it that really kind of overly realistic. Effect, which I don't think is really that great, to be honest with you. There's that's a, a feature of the um, uh, no, no, his name. I was just gonna remember his name, and now I've forgotten his name. Um, oh, it's so on the tip of my tongue, and why uh, can I remember? Tippy Hedron, that's exactly right. That's the tippy of my my Hedron. No, uh, the you know like um, American Pop and Fritz the Cat and Oh Bakshi. Bakshi, yeah, like those those are like all rotoscoped those yeah. those cartoons, and I think it's a they're interesting, but it's kind of to their detriment that they're not more expressive than than 
you know, because they're trying to tell like this kind of very, I guess, realistic story, but it feels kind of like, why are we watching this realistic story with animated characters? We could just be watching a film. Yeah, that is the problem. Like, it's just kind of strange, right? It feels like you've just, you've like added a step that you don't need. You're, you're, you're fil- filming actors and then tracing them. <laughs> why not just film them? And don't trace them. But anyway, I guess, I guess, you know, some of the musical elements did have sort of a more psychedelic effect or, or whatever, but. Yeah, you feel like you wanted to just see the um, Gene Kelly dancing with Jerry type thing. It's like, just put the character in there. Just do it. Just have the character be in there. Why, why is Gulliver in Gulliver's Travels not just a guy against a cartoon background? Why do we have to animate Gulliver as well? And you're like, well, they couldn't do that. But then you see there's that old uh, Daffy Duck cartoon. I think I, I ought to be in pictures or, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, he's he's you know, jamming with the producers and stuff. And sure, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. they were Roger Rabbiting it back then. It's hard, but, you know, they can do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, really what the benefit is to uh, to animating the character. But Well, I mean, I, guess- I don't have any problem with a- animating the character, I guess, but I think, but why make, why, like, that Gulliver would, would be another example where, you know, what had been very, a very expressive animation style with, with Betty Boop and, and uh, is his name Bongo, whatever, the dog character, um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I think it's oh geez, it's not, Bingo. I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I probably by saying the wrong name, I probably threw it out of your head. But but just yeah, just because Bong, Bongo is the Matt Groening rabbit. Mm, okay, so okay, it's okay. Not the same, it's not the same. Yeah, name. Okay. Yeah. So, but you know what I mean? Like you know, with um, with you know, the, all the things out of the ink pot and all this stuff. It was very expressive and very and very stylized. And then they do Gulliver's Travels, and it becomes very staid and, and almost kind of boring. And like, I don't know if you've seen Gulliver's Travels. I don't think it's very good. Myself. I've seen, I've seen bits. It's a okay. little, yeah, it's a little dull. Yeah, it's and dull, and it, it should be fun. Because it's, it's interesting, right? Yeah, like it's such, such an interesting topic and such interesting visuals. Mm-hmm. It's like, how'd you how'd you make this dull? How'd you make it dull? And I feel like when people do Gulliver's Travels, they they don't understand that it's it's actually kind of funny. They don't, but we need to kind of play it up a little bit. Like you need to kind of parse it out and play up the, the humorous elements because Swift was writing for a different time period, right? Where the humor could be more subtle. And I feel mm-hmm. like nowadays, if you're going to do an animated version of it or even a live action version of it, you need to sort of play up the more the humor a bit more and have a bit more fun with it. But If you do Gulliver's Travels now, mm-hmm. do you have to update the satire or do you just do the old story again? Well, the idea of two of two nations battling each other over which end to break and open a hard-boiled egg... I think is applicable to not just religious wars, but to any sort of uh, fight over orthodoxy versus unorth, you know, un- whatever versus heresy or whatever. Not just uh, religious, but you know, it can be a secular. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's. Yeah. I still, I still think it's applicable as as the futility of fighting over over nothings. Um, yeah, I, it, I'd like I'd like to reread Gulliver's Travels. It's been a while since I, I I read it. Actually, I did it in English lit in school. And I remember reading it with a friend, a f- mutual friend of ours, and we were just gutting ourselves laughing at it because reading it together, we could, you could see more of the humor to it. Okay. Whereas if you're just reading it by yourself, you're just kind of like reading through it and you're not, you're not really like picking up some of the nuances. But when we were reading it together, we really were kind of digging into it in an interesting way. And we were just killing ourselves laughing. I don't know. I can't remember. It was just the Lilliput part too. It wasn't like, wasn't, it wasn't an obscure part of like the, uh, the Flying Island part of Laputa part of it or anything so uh i do i do think it's like uh, a worthy thing to revisit but i think if you're going to do it i don't see why you couldn't update it anyway like you could have 
Gulliver arrive in like a kind of modern, I don't know if it'd be a modern city, but a kind of modern, uh, a modern state that's kind of like partly rural, partly, partly, uh, you know, uh, urban, but more modern feeling, not, not like a old timey place with thatch roofs and all that, everything. I think you could do it, update it without any problem and it would still feel relevant, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of the satire. I don't think, I don't think what, what Swift was satirizing has really gone away since he's satirizing the human condition. So yeah. <laughs> we're still humans. That hasn't gone. We haven't quite corrected that part of ourselves yet that we're human. Yeah. We'll, we'll do the cyborg thing. Soon. <laughs> we'll I don't know if that will cure correct. all disease and everything will be fine. Uh huh. I don't think that will. That or we all just uh, become <laughs> avatars and that's how we get over like the thing and we can all like get back to seeing each other again. But we'd still be, we would still be human though, whether we're avatars or not, we'd still, we'd still have, we'd still have our consciousness is what, what drives our, drives us not it's not our bodies not our body feeling or at least we'd assume it's our consciousness it could just be a computer program that thinks it's our consciousness well that if, if that's the case then it, we don't have to worry about it at all because we're long out of the picture well okay but we would think we would be worrying about it but it wouldn't be us worrying about it anyway i'm gonna get philip <laughs> on the phone <laughs> you get him on the phone yes he'll uh, he'll parse it out for you anyway this has been uh, dick talk our uh, regular talking <laughs> about philip k philip k dick um, Have you read a Philip K. Dick book? Uh, uh, Electric Sheep. I read that one. Oh, really? Read yeah, that. yeah. Do Android stream of Electric Sheep? Yeah, yeah. That's a good uh, one. That's a very good one. What uh, name? Uh, name other Philip K. Dick books? Uh, let's see. There was periods of time where I read books. <laughs> a Scanner Darkly, Ubik. Yep. Um, the a Penultimate Truth. The Last let's... Stigmata of Palmer Eldritch. You know what? I I don't think that would have just leapt off the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Eldritch. No, I think uh, uh, I think not. flow flow my tears. The policeman. You know said. what? Let's say no. There we go. No. <laughs> Let's just call it. Have, Game uh, players uh, of Titan, the clans of the uh, Elfane Moon. Gun. I think I may have that was lying around. So the I galactic pot healer. Uh, no, I think I think I can, I can remember a lot of his books. That's pretty good. Okay. We also had a poster for Zap Gun in the bathroom for the longest. Oh, time. the Zap Gun. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good one too. Which I also think uh, you know. There you go. Um, have you read basically all of them? I have read all of them that I can find. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. I've read all of his novels. I think I have all of his novels, and I have I have a, a five volume collection of his short stories, which uh, is quite good. It's quite good. I like. I used, I like to, short I used to read just random sci fi anthology things of like short stories. That's a that. very that's a very fun thing to do. Yeah, I like to, I like doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's lots of like really great ones, like you know, edited by. By a really good, like Tony, uh, this guy named Tony Boucher, who is a science fiction editor. He's actually the person who kind of encouraged uh, Philip K. Dick to write, and he um, he did some great anthologies in the in the sixties. Just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I have I have a couple of them. Both of them were on a lower shelf when Mary was a little baby, so they both have their their uh, dust cover dust jacket torn <laughs> for whatever reason when she was little. She just liked to walk along and tear the dust jackets off the books. Just oh, the my. just the the ba- you know just the part around the spine because that's what she could reach. Uh, so I, she was very pro dust. <laughs> she's very, very, very unhelpful. But you know, it's kids for you. What can you do? Can you name the three television series that have been based on Philip K. Dick's work? Well, there's a new one that I think it's called Electric Dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, just trying to go through my mind. I didn't realize there was three of them. Like they're television series, not like not a one-off. Yep. There's one that was very popular. That's I think still on. That's uh, that's uh, uh, yeah. This had that had four seasons recently. Really? Yeah. What's it called? Man, the High Castle. 
Oh, of course. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah, it's not very accurate to the book. Maybe that's why I kind of blah, blah. I would watch the first season of it, and then I... And the third one's a long shot. You probably wouldn't get it. Um, which is, uh, they did a Minority Report television series. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, yep. there was another one. But that's not a book. That was a short story, The Minority Report. Yeah. Okay, but I said I think I said based on... Yeah, a, yeah, based on a work. Yeah, yeah, work, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I stand by my questioning and I stand by my answers. <laughs> good day, sir. I said good day, sir. <laughs> what did you think of the this Scanner Darkly uh, movie? Did you see that? Oh, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so, so accurate to the book. It's amazingly accurate to that book because the book is basically like a fiction. Speaking of rotoscoping, yeah. Yeah. It's basically a fictional retelling of Philip K. Dick's experiences as a drug addict. And it was just like a retelling of his friends. And the book has like this heartbreaking final part where he just set, it just lists, it's like a, a list of all the friends that he lost to, to drug addiction. And it's just like this little kind of roll call of, of friends. And it's really sad making after you read the book because the book is, it's, you know, just this person who become, it, you know, spirals into drug addiction until he's just like a, a, a husk of a person working, working in this. It's a very, I don't want to spoil it for people. If you've never read A Scanner Darkly, uh, I highly recommend that you read it and, or you can watch the movie, which is so, so very close in spirit to, to the, the book, the whole, you know, paranoia, the whole drug element, the, you know, just the the aimlessness of their lives, you know, aimlessness of, of addicts' lives. And yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. started off like taking speed to write because it helped him write faster and he could write more words and make more money. But it kind of spiraled out of his control and he ended up, you know, divorced and just kind of living on his own as a drug addict with kind of a group of, of, of no hope or friends. And uh, yeah, yeah mm. it's, but it's a very, it's a very good book. Uh, it's, it's kind of part of the, uh, kind of um. It's not part of the Vallis trilogy, but I consider it kind of part of this really great creative streak he had kind of in the mid-70s where he wrote Vallis and Iskander Darkly and uh, The Three Stigmata of Palmer Eldritch. And then um, I can't remember the last part of the Vallis trilogy. I can picture this cover, which has a baby on it, but dang it. I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, they're all really, they're all kind of really like mind-blowing, like super like trippy books where they're kind of half real yeah, like half reality, and then, and then there, there's this weird science fiction part of it, kind of just sort of like plop, plopped onto it, you know. So it's just like basically people in the '70s doing stuff, but then it also has like this weird alien element, or you know, the Divine Invasion. That's the last one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering when you're saying like that speed helped him to uh, to write. I'm just wondering, like, you know, when people take cocaine or speed or whatever to, or drink to help them write, I wonder if it actually does help them write or if it's just something that changes them a little bit. So it gives them enough of a new perspective that it launches them it, into that. Yeah, direction. it wasn't, it was, he wasn't taking it as a, as a mind altering thing. He was just using it for the energy so he could work like a longer day, mm. you know, and so he would produce more work, you know, he was, he was a speed type. He could, speed type you could type over 100 words a, a minute so he's really quite fast right and so because when you're working in the field he was working which was science fiction it wasn't really like a respectable field at that time and you didn't get paid very much for what you did and so you know he was just cranking it out like you know that's why there's five volumes of, of short stories because he just you know well i know wrote, like wrote, sci-fi wrote. writers used to get paid by the word exactly back, yeah yeah you know. yeah so you're getting like five, so a five cents a word filler, or whatever yeah it's not even that there's a lot of filler. It's well, just... there would there would be if you get paid by the word. You're gonna like, you know, not yeah. Not keep but you're, you're you're still being edited, so mm-hmm. you you there's still like there's still reins on your 
on your uh, prolixity. But yeah, I've talked about Mary and I were talking about this a little while ago on the listening party, so it's kind of funny that we're bringing it up here. But um, yeah, one of the and I'll just repeat this, so because uh, maybe a lot of listeners haven't heard this, but uh, one of the frustrating parts of like sixty science fiction was that the authors wrote three chapters of a of a book and then they sent it to the to the publishing company to see if it would be accepted for as a as a to be published. And then if it was, the manuscript was sent back and then they were then they would finish it. The problem was is the way that uh, Philip K. Dick wrote is he just kind of wrote on inspiration. So he would like write three chapters, three brilliant chapters, send it off, and then the company would be like, oh, this is great. Send it back to him and he'd be like, he'd get it back and he goes, oh, I have no idea what I was going to do with this. So it'll, it's, you'll regularly read these books where, and one I'm thinking of uh, for sure is The Clans of the Elfane Moon, which is like three brilliant chapters. And then the first chapter goes off in a completely different direction. And it's still good, but it's just so weird because it's just going in this direction. You're like, oh, this is going to be so cool. I can't believe it. And then it goes off in some other way. And you're like, what happened? But there's a lot like that because that was just the way it was at the time. And, you know, he was just writing. He was just like writing it as fast as he could and sending it, mailing it off, you know, looking for money. Yeah. And uh, and they come back again. He'd be, you know, he'd just be like, oh, I don't know what I was doing here. So, yeah. Yeah, I could also see, like, depending on the amount of time between sending it off and getting a response, you, mm-hmm. you, lo- you lose it. You lose sure. where you were going, that rhythm. Yeah. Some yeah. Other, auth- other authors, it's not as noticeable because every author was doing that at the time. And so I, I, I imagine that some were who were really popular, maybe like Robert Heinlein, didn't have to worry about that. But others, you know, all, all of them, basically, all, all of the kind of mid-level you know, science fiction authors that people love nowadays, we're all going through the same thing, you know, where whoever you're thinking of, Robert Silverberg or Alfred Bester, whoever, they wrote they wrote their three chapters and sent it off and it came back. And if they were smart, they wrote an outline, mm-hmm. you know, so when it came back, they're like, oh, this, oh yeah, here's the outline. This is what I was going to do. I'll just continue on from there. Yeah. But, if, if you do stay with your same outline. Yeah, yeah. Outline, outlines, yeah, do tend to, uh, <laughs> they change. Yeah. As you as you as you go along, or even even you know, or even this thing. Well, if I'm going to change it, I'll just kind of go back and 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 rework the first three chapters so it makes a bit more sense. Whereas Dick was kind of like, well, I don't have time for that. I got to get this done. <laughs> just carry on. And I'm not comparing myself <laughs> to Philip K. Dick, but like Why not? Uh, I I just wrapped up Exorcisters, the second uh, okay collection of Ex- Exorcisters yeah. stories, yeah, um, or second five uh, five issue run, and uh, and yeah, I like when I started the book, I was like, oh, okay, I know where this is going to end completely. I 100 percent know the last scene. This is it. Got it clear in my head. Then mm-hmm. I get to it. Nope, not at all. And it goes <laughs> in its own way. That's perfect, though, right? Makes, yeah, it all makes sense, and it's yeah, like yeah. where it's where it should go, and it sets up other things and closes certain things, mm-hmm. but it. It definitely wasn't where the outline was. Uh, I've got like a whole uh, outline that I sent off to uh, Giselle, the artist. Yeah. And like, here's what we're going to do per issue. And we wrote kind of like little taglines to promote each of the books and yeah. each issue. And here we go. And then like, nope, that's not it at all, Jack. Here's 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 what's going to happen. And there was like a really big twist near the end that was like, yeah, that's that's what happens. There's no there's no way I can fight this. Mm-hmm. It takes mm-hmm. you it takes you places. Well, that's it, and I mean, your uh, your writing has to be organic. You can't you can't force characters to do things that are opposite of what they would do in that situation. And you also have to do a lot of trust. Like we've got uh, we got the next Sparks books coming out this week, uh, August fourth. Sparks, yeah. Oh boy, not this, uh, you mean next week? Next week. Uh, well, when people are listening to this, oh yeah, I guess you're right. I'm sorry. It's gonna be coming out like in like three days. If I forgot we're living in the future. Saturday. I forgot we're in the future. So uh, yeah, it's Sparks Double Dog Dare. It's uh, colored by Dave. It's written by me. 
It is uh, drawn by Nina Matsumoto, who you have heard many times on this show and is our good friend of Third Dragon. Mm -hmm. Um, But in writing the third book, which was a time travel story, uh, that was an interesting situation because you have to be so tight on the uh, in a time travel story because it's so much set up and pay off and and uh, and like a, a big payoff for something that you did a little small setup for at the beginning yeah but then again you're writing it and the characters just go like they're kids <laughs> they just go no and they just drag <laughs> you to another area and yeah, you're like, yeah. okay we got to make sure okay i got to make sure that we get to this place as well but they're taking me <laughs> over here so here we go because yeah. i don't i can't fight them on this and if you do try and fight them then it just looks uh, dumb just does not work. Yeah, it's interesting. I was listen, I was watching um, a YouTube video yesterday. It was a, kind of an overview of Cerebus uh, from some channel, and and the the uh, person doing the overview made made the interesting point that the biggest one of the biggest problems with like the last the latter part of the Cerebus story is that it's no longer well one thing it's no longer a story it's a polemic but also there's no it's not organic anymore it's all forced to echo Sims beliefs and everything is being twisted to to fit his his you know his own uh message that he's trying to to deliver and so yeah, yeah. the characters are yeah that's author, right yeah. that's right so the Instead characters are character going its own way exactly and so then it it becomes dull because the characters aren't or they're not natural anymore they're not they're not living they're not living on the page right they're just these sort of dead mouthpieces for someone who's just uh pup you know acting as a puppet master behind them and that's not what we want when we read a story. We want to feel that that character is his own agent and or her own agent, and that they're going to make they're going to make uh, choices that are true to them as we read the story. And if they and if they don't, if they start to act in a way that doesn't feel true to their character, doesn't feel like either the author has to really explain what's happening, you know, and really come up with a convincing yeah. way to to make that feel tr- true. Or they just have to give up on their plans and let that character, you know, live on the page and be their own autonomous uh, character. Otherwise, it doesn't feel alive to us when we're reading it. Yeah, often, often, like someone will think that the character is just the author speaking through. No, the character yeah, exactly. will go like, yeah. "Oh, the character really, uh, the author really feels this way," which is why this character is saying that. And it's mm-hmm. like. Hey man, this has nothing to do with me. I'm in, I'm in as much control of this as I am a dream. I didn't ask it's this true, dragon yeah. to yeah. show up, you know. But it's your brain. Yeah, you're right. It's my brain. But I don't know why the dragon's eating a ham sandwich. Yeah, and you know, t- and telling me the problem with Shakespeare is it's like so you have a problem with Shakespeare? No, the dragon does. Who happens to be part of my brain, and you know, you either like go no, and you wrestle him to the ground, and 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 make him do what you want him to do. It ain't gonna work, <laughs> <laughs> or you just let let it play out. Yeah, I was thinking like this about a uh, a TV show that I've been watching and going, why is this so frustrating? This show to me, and it's uh, it's called Star Girl. Okay, um, okay, I've yeah. not seen it, but uh, Luke Wilson is in it. Oh, and, now I uh, want to watch it. Yeah, maybe you don't. Um, (laughs) But it's by the same production company that does Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. That's that's one of the things about that production company is like all of the shows they do are DC shows, but they're all very different tonally, like very, very different tonally. Yeah, yeah, sure. 
Um, and this one, I was like, oh, this will be interesting. It's like about a girl in a small town, finds out she's basically the daughter of Starman, who was an old Justice Society character. And like okay. the Justice Society have all been killed by the Injustice Society. Uh, Luke Wilson was his sidekick and doesn't want to get back into the superhero game. Huh. But, you know, uh, she See, it discovers- sounds like such a great plot. Yeah, it sounds really good. And so, and like, uh, the, she, there's the, the staff that Starman used to have, yeah. and it kind of chooses her. And uh, then she gathers kind of troubled teens in the area, and they become like Our Man and, uh, they be, and uh, Dr. Midnight. And there's another element that's kind of fun is they got Solomon Grundy uh, there. And Solomon Grundy actually killed a couple of the Justice Leaguers. Solomon Grundy, even though they don't really see him a lot, is played by Lou Ferrigno's son. Okay. So that's neat, right? Yeah, yeah. But you and you think like all oh, this sounds great, mm-hmm. and like you watch it, and it's so boring. Like it's so <laughs> crushingly dull, mm. and everyone is everyone's mad, and everyone's yeah. upset, and everyone's just saying, "Oh, we shouldn't do this. No, we shouldn't. Oh, no, <laughs> don't do it." And 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 no, and, you know. And I, I think what 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 happens now that you're saying this is the problem is. It's all goes with plot. Like it's all plot driven. Yeah. Everything is happening as it has to happen. Sure. And it's like, I'm sure they've got a real tight plot and they've, they put it all on a board on index cards <laughs> and they're going from card to card to card. Yeah. yeah. But the characters aren't, aren't alive. They're just going from card to card to card. Yeah. And no one at any point is, as a character surprises you and, and, and goes a different direction and shocks you. They just, they're, it just happens the way you know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hmm, yep, that's what would, yeah. And here comes an action scene. Well, technically that's fine. And like, oh, here's the part where like now someone discovers a secret identity. Okay, and there's a twist? No. <sighs> okay. It just, it just goes and goes and goes. And it's like, it's, it's all just fine. But like even when they get to a commercial, it looks like they didn't know a commercial was going to be there. And, and nothing ends on like a high <laughs> You know, it just ends <laughs> randomly, and you're like, now? Was the commercial supposed to be here now? <laughs> you think of a show like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. and how, like, it would always end on a, like, a commercial would end on a, whoa! Yeah. Or constantly characters yeah. would go in a different direction than you'd expect them to go. Yes, or yes, yes. A choice that you'd just be like, jeez, mm. what are you doing? Yes, What yes. are you doing? No, don't do that. <laughs> but but it's uh, but it makes your show. Yeah, you like when they... When they made Spike obsessed with Buffy and, you know, and just inserting himself into her life and stuff like that. It's such, you know, it took that character in such a different direction and, you know, kind of put new life in this, you know, character that was probably getting a bit repetitive as, yes, okay, we get he's the villain, blah, blah, blah. Now, now they introduce this new element to, to that character and you're, you're like, oh, this is going in a cu- curious direction. And he's friends with Buffy's mom. What's what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> it, gives you, it gives you room to... You know, uh, play around and do different yeah, uh, dialogue and interesting relationships. And yeah, you know, I just remember that episode. Happened? Isn't there one where like he has a kind of heartfelt conversation with Buffy's mom? Probably. And it just you just and he's he's not he's sort of talking around himself and his feelings and stuff like that. But you know what he's talking about? Yeah, you know what that and reminds like, me of. It. Oh, oh let's go ahead. No, oh, no, it's go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say it felt like uh, I'm remembering it. It felt to me like when Fonzie would have a conversation with Mrs. Cunningham, mm-hmm. and it's like, "Here's the tough guy who yeah, is yeah. tough to everybody except the mum, because <laughs> a tough guy needs a mum." Yeah, and the, yeah. and he's like, "That's who he'll spill the beans to." Yeah, and you know, and and she's got only daughters, and like, you know, okay, let's hear this story, and yeah, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really that's uh, I, I'm kind of I kind of want to look at this star star girl now. 
That's kind of that's very interesting. Yeah, everything's interesting in it. Like, you know what, again, the plot looks fine. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to just go give me the goddamn script. <laughs> All right, now let's now let's just do a twist here. Now everything everything is characters whining constantly, just except for like Doctor Midnight. She's a nerd who just really enjoys like that. She's got these abilities now, but everyone else is just like. Oh, I just, oh, I don't want to be, oh, oh. Is it popular with teens? Uh, Well, it got renewed for a second season, so maybe? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Again, maybe maybe it's just not it's just not for me. But I every time I watch it, I always like say to when Luke Wilson shows up, I say to my wife Pia, you know, I do an impression of him that's really bad, just going like, (laughs) I used to be in Wes Anderson movies. (laughs) Hey, I was in that. I was in two Charlie's Angels movies. I was very popular once. Anyway, back to this. It can't be Stargirl. Like, uh, <laughs> that um, when I came home today, Mary was um, just kind of laying laying in front of the old, the old boob tube and watching um, watching the Umbrella Academy. Mm. And she said, "Oh, did you watch this, Dad?" And I said, I, "I said I watched a little bit of it, but it was just everyone was sad, and I just after a while, you're just kind of like, well, I don't need to watch people being sad all day long. Like, mm-hmm. time to move on. Move on, everyone." I'm moving, yeah, on. Doom, I'm moving Doom, on by not watching the show. Yeah, Doom Patrol has won me over a bit more this season. Okay, it's uh, it's gone in some good directions, but mm. yeah, I'll watch the new Umbrella Academy. But yeah, you're right; it's all just being a bummer. Yeah, it's like, like why is it isn't it isn't it kind of fun to be strong or to be fast or whatever you, whatever your your particular little talent is? Like, hmm. isn't that kind of cool that you can like you've never had fun in your life? You know, life has its tragic parts, and we we are sad. Even in the midst of tragedy, there there is elements of of you know hope and love and acts of mercy and grace or whatever and and but it just feels like everything is gray in, in a show like that where there's no there's no nothing's any good and no one's any good and nothing good ever happens and everyone's and sad. It would kinda, and it would kind of make sense if like all the superhero movies were upbeat and very super friends and then this is the contrast mm-hmm. but then like most of the dc movies are a drag yeah so yeah. it's like we already got that it's a drag to be a superhero from the mainstream superheroes yeah so what's your thing which is why i like doom patrol a little bit because it's just crazy mm. and you know goes and goes in some interesting directions um uh, but like even the marvel ones like there's tragedy in all of those. That's the thing about Marvel, sure. you know, comics is like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of sad stuff that's happening, yeah. but they're they're fighting against it and they lift it up with humor and everyone everyone it feels like in Marvel movies wants to be who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, Doctor Strange doesn't go, "Oh, I hate being Doctor Strange. Oh, this magic." <laughs> oh, the responsibility. But yeah. it always feels like, you know, Batman is like, "Oh, if only I could not be Batman." Oh, why do I have to be Batman? It's like, well, just stop being Batman then. Who cares? Just stop. <laughs> you know, maybe you'll get less clowns and riddlers and whatnot in your in your land. But now nah, watch. I'll watch the new Umbrella Academy. We'll see how that goes. We'll see. Maybe it'll be good. What I've been watching. Speaking of shows that end weirdly, I've been Lisa <laughs> and I watched um, this TV show on Amazon Prime called Bosch, which <clears throat> which is like a a you know crime show with a policeman and all that kind of stuff and but it's really curious because every episode ends as if it's going to continue going like it doesn't end on a cliffhanger it just stops like it just mm. feels like it just stopped like it's like oh we ran out of time <laughs> so it feels like every time it's really weird like you know the guy will be like maybe he finds out something like you know the murderer was wearing a green shirt and then he's driving in his car you know then the credits start to roll you're like what 
what why why did it end there how strange <laughs> and then it just starts the next episode just kind of starts and then so it's kind of odd i i sort of like it though i kind of it's 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 sort of fun and just you know you're you're watching it in a situation where you're not w- watching it by week you're not waiting till the next week to find out you know what what where when the scenes what i was gonna the rest of the scenes gonna what is it gonna be the rest of the scene so then you you know you just kind of start the next episode because you're 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 watching it on amazon prime so you can just keep on watching but yeah it's uh it's kind of funny it's not a bad show by the way if, if people like um if people like police police shows it's uh it's a pretty good police show and it's the guy who was the smoke monster on the lost right i i'd never watched lost okay it is the guy who was the smoke monster in he has a he has a an interesting name the actor uh, Smoky Monster. Smoky Monster. Yes. Yes. No, it's I can't remember what it is though. Sorry. That's okay. I can't remember. But yes, he is Bosch, and he likes jazz music. That's how you know that his character is well-rounded. <laughs> I was like Have you that seen... uh, mystery. You know that. Well, you know, like modern mysteries are are garbage because they've um, no one has like uh, meaningful motivations anymore. It's all like you know the character just does stuff randomly. Like the murderer does stuff randomly until they like have some sort of confrontation with the hero of the story, and then and then the story ends, and you're like, oh, he was crazy. That that killer was sure crazy. He's a crazy guy. He wasn't greedy. He didn't wasn't cheating on his wife and wanted to get rid of her. He wasn't, you know, in, in, in you know, uh, stuck in in debt, you know, crippling debt and trying to get out of it by robbing a bank or something. No, no, he's just crazy. <laughs> which is you know it's kind of frustrating when you watch stuff like that and it, it, Bosch is no different They're, you know the first season has a serial killer who's crazy and he's he becomes obsessed with Bosch and he's phoning him on the phone and you're like oh so what a what a uh, modern mystery trope the the, uh, <laughs> the obsessed with the hero serial killer uh but but it's still you know it's still not bad it's not bad yeah I I I, I was watching some British stuff, and, it, and that just all seems to be, again, everyone's really bummed out. Everyone's bummed out, and then it's finally, like, hey, you're the one who did it. It's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> all right, say am I. Well, hey, you... I'm sorry I didn't respect you because you're a woman. <laughs> oh, well, you know, respect me next time. That's right. I will. All but, right. But well, that... I'll see you again in uh, uh, two years. We'll do another one in two years. Yeah, about two years. You want to do some other movies in the meantime? Yeah, I'll do that, and I'll come back. We'll have someone who's big in film. You, uh, you're forgetting the fact that most of these characters you can't understand because their accents are so regional and so like so thick that you're you're just like spending the whole show going, what did what did she say? What what did that guy say to her? What's going on? Who who is this person? Where do they come from? But yes, they're all yeah. you're you're correct. They are all like that. There's one yeah. though with um, uh, Brenda Blethen, I think her name is. She does a lot of um, sure. She does a lot of uh. Oh, I can't remember that director's name now. She'll take your breath away. Yeah, uh, Mike. Uh, sorry, not Mike. Uh, yeah, she. No, yeah, no, you're right, Mike. Mike something or other. Yeah, you yeah. know, he, he did like the Happy Go Lucky. Uh, and, yeah, he does all the improv. Yeah, right? yeah, Secrets and Lies and, and movies like that. He, she's in yeah, Secret, I, Secrets. I want to say Ice Creams. There's something ice cream related. He does a film like that. There's something like there's like happiness and, and porridge. No, I think you think of Comfort and Joy, but that's not him. That's a that's a Forsyth. There's film. one that's like ice cream. It's like uh, that's Comfort and Joy. Is it? He's an ice cream man. Well, like he gets it mixed up in these two rival companies that are ice cream companies. All right, that's probably it. Okay. And that, but that's a Bill Forsyth one. The guy who did Gregory's Girl, right. not a Mike Mike Leach, Mike something rather. Mike Lay, Mike Lay. Mike, oh, maybe I don't know. I think it's Mike Lay. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. But any, anyhow, uh, it's she's like a policewoman, and uh, she has this. Um, 
she has this uh, young police detective working working with her, and it's, they have a really fascinating relationship because he really respects her because she's a really good uh, police detective, but she kind of has a crush on him. Uh, but he's married. Mm. and has you know and his wife they have kids and stuff like that and but she has this crush and so she's always like con- constantly trying to like monopolize his time and so it's a really kind of weird interesting dynamic between these two characters and then also they solve crimes so it's kind of but it's kind of an interesting show it's on um amazon prime as well i think what i was trying to think of was a movie called life is sweet oh life is sweet and okay they, okay and they have a fast food van Oh, okay, and, okay. Uh, well, I was trying. To, I was confusing it with an ice cream van, but yeah, that's a Mike Lane movie. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. As is Naked, Secrets and Lies, Career Girls, Topsy Turvy, All or Nothing, Vera Drake, Happy Go Lucky, Another Year, Mr. Turner, and <laughs> Peterloo. I've not seen all his films. I I think Secrets and Lies is a very good movie, mm-hmm. and then I like Topsy Turvy because that's that's about Gilbert and Sullivan and their working relationship, which is a very good film as well. And then um, Happy Go Lucky, Happy Go Lucky is so good as well because it's it has uh, that actress in it. Yeah, who later dates a fish, and has a has a bear for a, a host guest. Yeah, in two movies, two yes. separate movies. And she and there's, there's she's in a Canadian film playing a, a artist who lived in the Maritimes, who's kind of a, became a kind of a uh, famous for her very folksy paintings and stuff. And oh yeah 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 yeah, it's quite a good movie. Yeah. It's a pretty good movie actually. Yeah, I would like to see, and I don't know if this is possible. I would nope, like to see a it's t- not possible. Okay. I would like to see a team up between Paddington and Rupert. Okay. How hard would that be? They're both British bears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just like they both have to like do some, there's some sort of bear related emergency and maybe okay. they team up with Smokey Bear. Would you well. want it? Would you, okay. Would you want it? Would you want Rupert to live in Paddington's kind of real world or would you want Paddington to go with Rupert into Rupert's kind of unreal sort of fantasy world? See, this is where I think you need to do both. You need okay. to, you need to okay. at some point. Uh, Rupert goes into the real world and can't well and can't handle it. He's yeah. just like it's oh, and then and Paddington's Paddington's trying to get it right, but he's very forgiving and sweet. And then uh, <laughs> and then Rupert goes, you know, we got to go into my world, you know, because whatever the thing is that's disrupting things is affecting both worlds. Maybe there's some crossover happening. A uh, crossover, crossover two. crisis. Yeah, including uh, you know the. Uh, Guy, uh, guy plays Doctor Who, and he's uh, he's 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 flipping back between the two worlds because I think him and Rupert's world would freak out a lot. He'd be trying to control things, and it'd be a, that'd be a fun thing to do. Um, but then, yeah, they got to go back into Rupert's world, and Paddington, you know, oh, he has to adjust to this wild world, but he doesn't want to be judgmental because he's not prejudiced. Yeah. So he would go into this world, and he would try to like. You know, just take it as it comes. But then he would introduce marmalade to this world, and then that would settle down the world, and they'd all be like, "Ooh, my!" <laughs> so so happy. Oh, mar- marmalade is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was just gonna. Oh, uh, does it tell the story in three different levels of complexity? Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> um, I would say at some point, uh, uh, Paddington goes, "This is a bit much for me," and he go, "Oh, well, I can, I can, I can tone it down." Two different levels for you. You tell me what's what's too much. Yeah. And so I'm going to take you all the way down, first of all. Like, Paddington started to understand, and then he will comprehend. All right, that's just too, too dumbing it down. All right, yeah. let's take it up a notch, up a notch, and then, you know, you know, one level. Yeah, that'd be great. And then he lends him his scarf, mm-hmm. and Paddington lends him his hat. And then there's some confusion, because someone who doesn't like Rupert maybe, like, kidnaps uh, the wrong bear. And uh, and thinking that uh, this is the right bear, and then like, oh no, what happened? Some big mix-ups occur. Yeah. Oh, I want to see this now. I'm very, uh, I'm very. I want excited I about want this. them to be uh, shanghaied onto a boat. 
Okay. Have they been on a? Has Paddington been on a boat yet? No, he yeah. hasn't. So that's what that was. That sort of makes a new kind of uh, transportation, and I just think it'd be kind of fun with the two of them uh, on a boat. Maybe a, maybe like a, maybe they're on like an icebreaker, and they wake up there. They just find themselves on it, and it's 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 the crew has abandoned it. And they're just sort of uh, heading north, and they have to try and like control it. Okay, well, here's what you got to do then. Yeah. It's like, they first meet each other. Yeah. And they find it very, and, 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 and people think they're going to have so much to talk about since they're both talking. <laughs> yeah. And they have nothing to talk about. Nothing. Yeah. And then they're both kidnapped and put on this boat. Yeah. And then they, they both start talking about this boat and all the things. It's like, what's this boat called? An icebreaker. It certainly is. It started that conversation right up. Good job, boat. That's a nice laugh. Yeah. And they have to, like, work together. They need to, like, you know, coordinate the you know coordinate stoking the 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 engine and then trying to steer the ship and keep everything going and so you can have a lot of like hijinks running up and down the steps and and uh, yeah it'd be fun and they have to like work together mm-hmm. yeah it'd be good it'd be a good sequence I'm all for it this, this just get to work making, on that would you what's that sorry they should just be making more Paddington movies period oh my gosh Paddington so two good. is Paddington two is like such a step up in Paddington which I loved yeah Paddington's great. And then Paddington 2, is what even, the hell? It's greater. Mm-hmm. The problem with Paddington 3, no, it's not a problem. But Paddington 3 ha, still has to have Hugh Grant in it. Sure, and it can. Because he's so good in the... Uh... He's, not, he's, he's kind of a little bit of a recovered bad guy. No, no. No, no, no. Bring him back, but he's a totally different character. Oh! And they keep thinking that, they keep saying things like, you remind me of someone. But yeah, he's just like a totally different character. Mm. I would like that. That would be fun. Oh. I just think it would kind of fit the absurdity of that of that of that world that you know, but yes, and, he's so good in that. He's so good in that I, movie. You know what other movie he's really good in? Oh, I'd, I'd like to know. Tell me. The Gentleman. Have not seen that yet. Ah, well, I think it's a. I think it's available on a streaming service now. It certainly is. I could see it for free. <laughs> I, oh, for I saw it in the theater. Months. I paid to see it. Okay. But I enjoyed well, it. I enjoyed it. What's it, it, it about? So. It is a. It is a. Uh, ret- it's not, I wouldn't say it's a refer- return to form, but it's sort of a return to familiar ground. For the director Guy Ritchie, and it's a, a London-based gangster movie where Matthew McConaughey is a as a um, pot is like a he grows you know he's like a weed he deals weed but he's also like has like a, a massive grow up and and uh, a criminal enterprise but he's a very he's a very um, civilized gangster and then they end up in a kind of a uh, what what do you call it a a tight a tight situation. But it's kind of fun. It's got one of the ladies who plays plays um, one of the fancy daughters in Downton Abbey, and it's fun to see her with a Cockney accent being a, a hard girl. And this is it's quite good. It's quite a good movie. It's a, I, I enjoyed it a lot. So, by the way, any and of these Charlie movies Hunnam is really good in it as well. Any of these movies that we're talking about right now, if you want to hear us talk about them uh, more fully, uh, we have another podcast called Fansplainers. And normally we'd be going to the movies in the movie theaters, but we can't right now. <laughs> so we've just been kind of going for movies that are streaming and having you vote on the movies. Uh, but we uh, we also take your uh, votes for the movies. So if you want to, like, write us at any of the uh, addresses we're going to give you later on and go like, hey, you should talk about this movie, like The Gentleman or Paddington or something like that. Uh, we can, yeah. in fact, do that. So, uh, you know, just, uh, just throwing that out there. Yeah, I would talk. I'd talk Paddington all day long. I loved the Paddington books growing up, so so that was all doubly great. Is that they weren't a disappointment. They're not exactly the same, but you know you don't want them exactly the same. You want you want them to like be 
true to the to the spirit of the originals, but also, you know, build on them and have have the people who are working on it have have their own creative element. No, they're very good, very good films. Yeah, he made me like marmalade. So yeah, you never liked marmalade before. Not really. No. Why oh, would you? Why? You're a kid. It's like an orange rind. In oh, it. I loved like it. A... I love Did it you? still. I have it every day. Really? Oh yeah, every day. Okay. What's your brand? Uh, Smuckers. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I All like right. I like a good sweet one. Maybe I had the uh, maybe because I I had sort of British relatives. I had the uh, tart sharp uh, version that mm-hmm. was uh, more British. Yeah, yeah. And there's some that are a little too me off. yeah, they're a little too sour, sour for me, and I don't I don't they're not they're not pleasant to to eat. But yeah, the smokers one is quite good, and yeah, I have it every day, either on bagels or English muffins or on some spare bread I can scrape up. This this is an odd question I was going to ask you last week and oh. ended up forgetting about. Is it three um, questions? Is that why it's odd? No, no, it's uh, it's uh, it's one, which is also odd. Um, uh, but it was uh, wh- when do you plan your dinner? Like, how do you? At what time do you know what you're going to be eating that night, or do you know the night, the day before? I, do you know in the okay. morning? I'm going to go plan it a week in advance. I'm going to ask the full question to kill time. Okay, do you plan it a week in advance. <laughs> uh, do you have things on a regular schedule, or is it an impulse thing? You call up your wife and go, "Well, let's do this." Uh, tell me, Dave, how do you, how do you decide what to eat at night? Okay. Well, I'm going to go back in time because I, I no longer am in charge of, of this part of our, of our lives. Mm-hmm. But when I was, when I, when the girls were younger and I would do the shopping, I generally planned three days in advance. So I would buy three, I would buy ahead three days worth of dinners. So I would go to the store and I would think, what do I want to have this week? So, you know, I would buy, you know, some pork chops for one day and with some potatoes and some vegetables. And then I might think, well, taco night would be good. So I'd get some ground beef and then I would get some taco stuff or or I'd have it at home. Usually I would always try and buy things that I regularly liked. I would buy them on special. So they I might already have them in the cupboard at home, like taco seasoning and all that stuff. So then, um, and then I might, I don't know what I'd have on the third day, who knows, spaghetti or whatever. And so mm-hmm. I would just have like, I just know what I that what I wanted was at home, or if I didn't have it, I would go and I would buy it on my, uh, you know, Tuesday shopping day. And would one of your days be a leftovers day? I don't. The week or uh, no, no. Okay. No. Um. Again, I always shopped on Tuesdays because Safeway on Tuesdays was either ten percent off or a hundred hundred and air miles. So. So a hundred points. So I would always, and I'd always take the points because I wanted to mm-hmm. wanted to get things from their marketplace. So, so yeah. So then I, you know, so yeah, I always would plan ahead. I, I never, I never, um, or hardly ever cook on like try and find something on the day of. It's hard. It's hard to do that. We don't really buy that way. Right. And and our cupboard tends to be full of like. Um, oh boy, you're making a lot of noise. I am apologizing. <laughs> I'm just getting rid of something. There go. <laughs> I thought it was on. I thought your house was on fire. Uh, <laughs> the um. Yeah, we t- we tend we tend to end up with stuff in our cupboard that are not like you know like asparagus tips or something like that, and you're like, where? Who bought these? Like, why? Why is there a jar of asparagus? Who bought asparagus tips? So then, yeah, just stuff like that. So then it's you just. So I have I have like used them like incorporated. I remember one time I I found like we had asparagus soup. I don't know why. Okay. We had asparagus tips. I I have no idea why. And then I was reading this cookbook, and there was a recipe, and it called for not asparagus stuff. It was for something else. Maybe it was celery or something like that. But I was like, okay. I've got asparagus tips, and I've got asparagus soup. I'll just I'll just put them in the recipe instead of whatever they're calling for. Yeah, good and, call. 
And actually, it was really good. I've never had it since then, but I thought it was really good. I was like, oh, that really worked, turned out well. But we've never had asparagus tips in the house again. So, and I, you know, I just never thought to like go to the store and buy them on the off chance that I was going to make that again. But yeah, it was sort of funny. There's something like when I made the lemon chicken, that was actually a, a fluke that I needed something for dinner that night. And I just was looking through the cookbook uh, and going, we have this, we have this, we have this. Okay, I can make this. I make, we have the chicken, we have the lemon, the real lemon in the fridge, and we've got garlic, and we have, you know, the herbs and, and salt and pepper and onion it's all stuff in the cupboard so yes we'll make this um but mostly i, I always plan ahead so there you go what yeah, how, do you, was, how do you do it well I, I don't that's the thing it's like uh traditionally i'll just like figure out what i'm cooking that day and i'll uh, go out shopping for it uh i'll have some staples in the cupboard but uh, most things that be fresh uh with the, I, i'll have some i'll have some uh meat uh, or some kind of protein in the fridge as well. And if I have to thaw it out the day before, then I'll kind of plan it that way. But for the most part, uh, I'll like, what I would do is, cause I used to live like right next to a grocery store, mm. uh, back in my old apartment. Yeah. And so I'd be like, Oh, we're going to get, okay. It's basically a 10 minute walk to the grocery store Yeah. and then like buy the food, come on up. And it was a nice walk and I'd, uh, and I'd get stuff that was really fresh mm-hmm. vegetable wise, mixed salads or, or what have you, or something with fruit afterwards. But then, uh, I moved to another place that was kind of at the bottom of a hill away from everything. It was tough to do that. Yeah. And so uh, kind of that threw me off. And now that I'm living here, um, especially during pandemic times, I don't really want to go out as much as, uh, as, I, as I did before. So I am trying to plan meals in advance and I'm finding it very tricky. I'm finding like the fridge fills up or I like I buy something that's fresh and then it goes rotten real fast you know there's so many so many yeah. things go rotten so fast yeah that it's just frustrating like i know pia likes uh, mandarin oranges mm. I'm like okay let's go get some mandarin oranges so i get mandarin oranges and almost always there's like two or three of them in the bag that are just like burst and crappy it's like like a look right yeah and it's like no this is <sighs> all right then i then i put them in the bowl and uh, three days later it's fruit fly uh you know jamboree and it's just <laughs> frustrating again frustrating. i love that i love that ride at uh, disneyland yeah so i'm trying yeah uh well not now you don't no don't go no. now yeah, no, um but yeah so i'm just trying to learn how to uh kind of uh plan uh kind of a week's worth of uh, food yeah and it's not something i've ever really done before you know because mm-hmm. i was always like go out that day get the thing yeah. come back yeah and it also comes from the old the oldie timey days of being a freelancer and like, do you have money today? Do you have money tomorrow? <laughs> Maybe. I was like, how much money you got? This much. Well, you're going to eat cheap tonight. Sounds right. Off I go. Hey, things are better today. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we'll have steak. That sounds good. Off we go. Yeah. It's not so good. Beans and rice it is. Sure thing. <laughs> you know? Hey, you've had too much beans and rice. Better have some salad, buddy. Or there's going to be some trouble. Mm-hmm. Oh, you really broke. Time for soup. Yep. All right. We can make soup. That's going to last a good long time. There you are. Uh, yeah, so I'm just trying to figure it out right now. Sure. Uh, how to uh, how to go about doing that. This is, I think, probably going to be a question that I'm going to ask our, our listeners is like, how far in advance do you plan your meals for the week? Do you do kind of an impulse uh, thing on the day or two days in advance? Or do you do you actually go out shopping and like go, all right, we're going to have this for like every day this week. You know, are we going to do that? I, I'm not sure like how my family used to do it back in the day, but I assume they must have done it that way. It, it couldn't have been you know, just like winging it. <laughs> yeah. I think my, I think my mom uh, planned, planned a, a f- like a few days ahead, but not, I don't, yeah, I think, I think for my, my mom, 
she I don't think she enjoyed cooking that much. Mm-hmm. And even though she like made she had like some signature dishes that were really good, like her spaghetti and and her, and her lasagna, like both both were like wow, like like it's great. And I've never been able to duplicate how good her lasagna was. Hmm. But she she didn't seem to enjoy it very very much, and she tended to like fall back on very very tasteless food. Like like I've talked about like the fact that she liked to just brown brown beef and then have it with rice. And there might be there'd be some onions in the beef. Okay. So it'd be some beef with onions in it, I guess some salt and pepper, and then rice, and that was it. And it was a very bland and then green beans on the side. And it was you mm. know, like a can of green beans. And it was very I was gonna ask fresh green no, beans or no no no, no 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 canned. Always canned. I think I think that's basically what's thrown what threw like our generation off of vegetables was uh was Del Monte. It was like a can of green beans. It's like, this is what beans are. This is what spinach is. This is what vegetables are. Yeah. I never, I actually, I, I, I didn't mind the beans. I, I mean, I didn't, you know, they, I, I still use them. Like if I'm making, um, I like to make a, a pork chop gravy with, mm-hmm. with mushroom soup and I always put green beans in it. So I just cook the beans with the mushroom soup and then use that as a gravy for the pork chops. Yeah. That's, that's fine. But if you're having them like it, yeah, it's much better like a, fresh a, a, a yeah, soup yeah. or something that they're gonna get mushed up. Knock yourself out. That's totally fine. But yeah, if it's if it's yeah, just like have you heard of fresh things? Like was <laughs> it impossible back then? Maybe it was. Maybe it was. Maybe it was just like I, I don't know what supermarket. Yeah, there like would have been a different. Well, it, even if even if it was more possible then, there would have still been like how they how our parents grew up and how they were used to getting. You know, like like there wasn't. There wasn't like this kind of like international food exchange that we have nowadays where you go to the store and you're like looking at apples and you're like, where are these apples from? South Africa. Is this, is this actually like make economic sense to bring apples from South Africa? Like what's going on? So, or maybe, you know, or oranges from Australia. Does, is this work? Like that seems like a long way to bring oranges, Mm -hmm. you know, like, is it really like, actually cost effective i don't know i don't really understand these things but but it just doesn't feel that way but i don't think like like when we grew up like you're talking about getting mandarin oranges when we grew up mandarin oranges came once a year they came at christmas time mm-hmm. that was the one time of year that mandarin oranges were available because that's when the the, the, the crops came in i guess japan or in china i seem to remember them being japanese mandarin oranges when i was a kid but whatever so but yeah that was like the one time of year you had mandarin oranges you're like yay it's christmas time we can have mandarin oranges and then the rest of the year they forget about it and that's but that did make it special and now you can just have them all the time and so whatever uh but yeah so i think our parents yeah discovered a time when like in the winter time there weren't green beans around where are you gonna get green beans from no one's gonna bring green beans from peru wherever they come from now <laughs> so so uh yeah i think it's a little different you know the corn there's no corn in the cob. It's fine. We have got a canned corn. We can have some canned can corn. Canned corn was fine. Yeah, canned corn was fine because it's. But it was, it was cream corn. corn. Were you okay with cream corn? Cream? No, cream corn was garbage. Yeah, that's that horrible. Nightmare. My parents, my mom loved it though. Why? I don't I know. It makes no I sense. No. But we we always had that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. So I always ate. I always eat my food. I was given. I'm not a. And I'm not a hugely have, picky eater. So. Yeah, they must have had like frozen vegetables as well, and frozen vegetables just in general are better than canned vegetables well i guess but then they have those weird beans in them those kind of flat late green beans lima beans lima beans maybe yeah lima beans okay which i'm not i was never a big fan of those and i find that frozen vegetables are a little little tasteless actually more tasteless than canned um, vegetables 
Well, here's what you can do. Uh, you take salt. Yeah. And that's what you do. <laughs> the end. And you're fine. Yeah, I think I think my mom it's was totally not a, fine. My mom wasn't a seasoner, so you know, like she just kind of believe in salt. Uh, she seemed. To, I mean, we had it, but I that's I don't remember it like being some religion that didn't believe in spice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. She refused to believe the Spice Girls were real. Wow. Well. Hmm. Yeah. Back then, when you were a kid, they weren't. So she was no, correct. no, no. She was right. But you were saying they will be coming soon, mother. They I, shall be. Yeah, coming they shall soon. be coming soon. And soon we'll have spice. Girls yeah. of spice will come soon. One will be named after a ginger ale. Yeah. One will be named. She found after baby ducks. The wine. She found the concept named. was just too scary. Okay, name the other two now. Go. Sporty baby, posh ginger. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. There you are. I had daughters okay. who grew up when the Spice Girls were were a thing. Yeah, that's 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 fine and fine. I'm uh, I'm not to, you know, but the frozen Spice Girls were even better. Mm. Just get them frozen and, uh, <laughs> and you just thaw them out whenever you want them, and, and then you get a whole spice world. Yeah, uh, there you go, there you go. Yeah, it's like I remember you did our. It. You did it. Uh, just just spice cupboards or spice racks mm-hmm. when we were again we're back to talking about when we were kids. I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> we're basically like one row of spices, mm-hmm. and it was like salt, yeah. pepper. Um, for us, it was accent, which was MSG. Um, <laughs> then That's I'm fine. not sure what the hell else it was. Maybe paprika if we were going crazy. Yeah, it was a, it there would have been wild time. Yeah, chili powder in my in my mom's chili cupboard. powder. Yes, because you got to make chili once, make in chili once in a while. Of course, it's a good yeah, stick to your ribs. It was one of my mom another one of my mom's really good uh, things that she made was her chili. Uh, yeah, the garlic powder I guess was in there. Have you never gotten the recipe for any of these things off your mom? Well, you know, there's a difference. You can make things, but you can never make them the way you're the way that the person made because they they'll be like, "Oh, this is how you make them." You're like, "Okay," and then you make it, and you're like, "It's close, but it's not the same." Because they oh. had like a little twist, or they they upped something, and it's yeah. not in the recipe. You know what I mean? Like over time, they d- developed it. it. It was booze. So, um, and also, my mom used a particular like for her spaghetti and her lasagna. She used a particular. Um, Spaghetti sauce, like store-bought spaghetti sauce for it, which I don't think is made anymore. Uh, and I can't remember what it was now, sorry, but I don't know if it's ragu or whatever, this, whatever one of those kinds, right? Ragu is still around. Okay. It was one that, you should, that she's talked about in the past. She goes, I just can't find it anymore. So, mm. and uh, yeah, and that was, I think that was like part of the magic. Yeah. She had her little secrets. Okay. She had little secrets. I do have like yeah. her, I do have her cookie recipes and, and uh, I don't really make them very often because it turns out I'm the only person in the family that loves raisin cookies. So if I make them, <laughs> I, if I make them, I eat them all by myself. But they're That's really not good. Bad at all. That sounds great. Because in our in my mom's cupboard, it was full of warm spices. So she mm-hmm. had all the warm. She had the allspice, the cloves, the nutmeg, all that stuff. So that all went into cookies. Yeah, it's strange to me, like how uh, as we got a little older, spices came into the mix. Like uh, <laughs> things like a things like a hot. First of all, just wings. Yeah. Those weren't a thing. Oh, I, rem- they I remember the first time I had wings. I can still remember the very first time. What type of wings were they? A barbecue or hot? Uh, they're buffalo wings. Okay. I never so like. I never like. Yeah, time. I never heard of like the idea of having just like wings on a plate. No. Nope. In a restaurant, I'd never even heard of that. And then, nope. I went book shopping one time with uh, with David and his girlfriend, and we we're, we're, I think we went to Red Robin, and they're like, which I'd never been to, and they're like, oh, we should get the buffalo wings, and I'm like. Sure, don't know what they are, but let's try those. And then brought them, you know, with celery and then the blue cheese dressing. And I was, I was like, this is great. How come I've never heard of this? You know, but I was in like I was like nineteen or twenty years old at this time. So 
Yeah, this sounds ridiculous, and again, makes us seem insanely old. But I remember <laughs> there was this restaurant that opened called Mr. Munchies. Okay. Which, now that I'm thinking about it, clearly drug uh, named. Anyway, um, but Mr. Munchies was a, was a place that would basically serve appetizers for the most part. Okay. So you go there, and yeah, you would get like a like a like a chicken wing. I'm like, what's this? Or a chicken finger. <gasps> Like, what's that? Chickens don't have fingers. Oh, they're just like strips of chicken. How had no one thought of this before? Yeah. Like, how was this not a thing before? How does Kentucky Fried Chicken not have this? Yeah. Like, that never came to anyone's mind? Like, what the hell? No, you're you're right. I mean, they changed, like, the, they changed the seasoning on the, on the chicken. Like, they had that extra crunchy or whatever, and then they had a hot one. But they never, like, like, when we grew up, for as long as we lived as children and teenagers and then into our early 20s, there was no popcorn, chicken. There was no, like, there's nothing like that. It was all the same. It was always just breast meat, drumsticks, and wings. That was, you know, and yeah. but the wings weren't like wings you get, at, like uh, buffalo wings, whatever. They, no, were, they were attached. And yeah, yeah. They were, they're diff- they were different. And yeah. that was what you got. You didn't, there was no other choice there. It was, yeah, it was just, yeah. it's. It's it weird, all came out at the same time. And then the other thing that came out then was potato skins. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember potato skins. skins. Yeah, yeah. And fries that left the skin on. Because mm-hmm. before then, that's garbage. <laughs> what are you doing? You've got to peel your potatoes. What if we don't? Well, what if you go to hell? Try it. <laughs> this is delicious. Huh? Well, what is this about? Why were we peeling potatoes then? What's going on? What's the reason? And uh, yeah, potato skins, you know, were uh, were delicious. It was amazing. And like seconds after that, it was like, have you heard of sushi? What are you talking about? Just go to this restaurant. Okay. And then, of course, my friend tricks me and eat a whole big thing of wasabi telling me it's mint. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Christine Lippa. Uh, but aside from that, it's like, well, this is really great. Hey, what happened with food? I was like, I'm going to go to a Chinese restaurant now. Well, I know everything at a Chinese restaurant. You got your sweet and sour pork. You got your chow mein. Uh, you got your something probably pineapple covered in sesame seeds. Uh, how about this? It's uh, things swimming in blood. What? Okay. What are you talking about? It's like, it's I, I'm still chow. I'm still eating at your first example. That's, that's, that's fine. I'm still I'm still there. I haven't I haven't gone up a level. I haven't leveled up. No, but like. It, it, all of a sudden, like all these restaurants were like actually serving Chinese food that was Chinese food too, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, not all of it's for me for sure, but you know, some of it is, and like this is interesting, and yeah, it's like I don't know what was the thing that changed things, and all of a sudden it went like so fast. Yeah, it feels like when um, they invented the airplane, and then like seconds later there were rockets. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that was fast. We went from uh, you know chicken wings to uh to this so yeah but you know back back in the day spaghetti that was fancy fancy and exotic i gotta give my mom my mom props like she she made she made like tacos uh, airplanes props i was just talking about them yeah yeah she she uh you want to fly in a prop plane well i'm more of a jet guy she she had um you know we had tacos which like lisa never had tacos growing up lisa never had pizza growing up she didn't have pizza until she was a teenager she didn't. Um, she didn't have like spaghetti or anything like that growing up. Does she like pizza now? She does. She didn't. As a teenager, it took her a long time to come around to the idea of what pizza was. It's weird if you haven't had it. It's mm-hmm. weird. I can imagine. Yeah. I. I mean, I. I don't remember not ha- having pizza. You know. So it was. This. It was there. It was a thing. It was a thing my whole life. I remember my friend getting sick having pizza, eating pizza, and then telling me, "I'm never, eat, never going to eat it again." It just disgusts me now. 
And I was <laughs> like, I was like, you'll come around. And like his next birthday, we went to meet uh, Mr. Ed's for or, or whatever it's called. Not Mr. Ed's. Is it called Mr. Ed's or Ed? Me and Ed's, what it's called. Oh yeah, yeah, me and Ed's. Me and Ed's pizza place. Yeah, we went. We went there for his birthday. I thought to myself, I didn't want to say anything to him, but I was thinking to myself, you came around. I knew you would. Who can resist the clarion call of pizza? <laughs> pizza. It's so simple. It's so cheap. It is so simple and so cheap. And it's and the idea so that easy. we would make. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. It's like the idea that we would like make our own food <laughs> would have been crazy. Like right now, you know, uh, when we're like, oh, we'd like to get pizza. Like we think, oh, we could order pizza. But then there's the thing about like, it's so easy to make pizza. Yeah. It's so easy to make pizza. And like take the bread, put it together, there's your thing. And now just the sauce and I can make a nice sauce with the toppings you want on. And it's ready and here you go. And I'm like, why were we never shown how to do this? Like, why? Mm. Like, they made pies back then. Yeah. You know, you had to put flour and water together, made bread. But the idea of making a pizza crust, unheard of. Ridiculous. <laughs> Forget about it. Yeah, my mom, like, would, my mom would buy those. Uh, they're like more like pita bread, but they were supposed to be like pizza crust. She would buy those and we would. Sure, sure. We'd make pizzas. Or, or you get the Chef Boyardee, make your own pizza kit. Oh, I And it's like, well, yeah, oh, it, that was a big thing. And like, there's some people who. It's so much a part of their childhood that they still crave it to this day. Now, uh, but honestly, if you're going to make that, well, just make pizza. It's not. It's really not hard. <laughs> it's really not hard. I think that's been a thing, too, with people now, with this whole everyone making their own bread and sourdough and whatnot. It's just going, huh, you can just make bread, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to go buy it? No. Oh. You can make crust for pies? Yeah. And then, like, what do I do? Put in it. I don't know. You got some frozen fruit? Yeah? Put that in there. Okay. Let it, hey, I made a make pie. Sure you, make sure you thaw it first. Yeah, you got to just put it in a pan from there, a little, little butter, a little sugar. Um, you know, I, I like a little uh, little almond extract. It's nice. Uh, whatever whatever you want to put in there. Mix it up. And I'll put it in your pie crust and put that in the oven. You've yeah. made a pie. It's just if you just put it, if you just put it in frozen, it, it's, it makes a really wet pie. You're not wrong. So you got to let it's it, still, let it, it's still let it thaw, it's let it thaw, get off yeah. some of the, get get rid of some of the excess liquid, and then, and then. Uh... Yeah, it just seems like this. These are all magic tricks we all kind of <laughs> learn, you know, midway through, you know, the nineties sure. or something, or even now. You know, we're just like, whoa, oh, did anyone know how to make this before? Yeah, of uh, course they did. I mean, just... I, I agree with you, but I think. Thank you. Let's end it. I think if I think you, you're, people are fooling themselves if, or. I think they're fooling themselves when they start telling me that they'd rather have like homemade pizza than just like go to a certain buy or go not store but go to have a you know restaurant made pizza. Like, oh, dude! Okay, I'm, I, I'm not fooling myself with that. I think like we've made pizza here uh-huh. that we've just been stunned by. Uh-huh. And like uh, we've gone to like uh, our friend uh, David and Allison's place and they've made pizza and it's just been damn. This is amazing mm-hmm. pizza. Like it's really it's very polite. It's very, it, <laughs> no, it's very uh, but it's very European pizza. It's not. It's not North America. If you're looking for a Pizza Hut pizza, yeah. no, we can't do that. Yeah. But if you're looking for like a pizza like you get in Italy, mm-hmm. uh, then yeah, you could. You can probably pull that off generally in your in in your oven. It depends what you're what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garbage. That's what I'm looking for from a pizza. Fair enough. That's what I'm looking I, for. I, I can bet you anything that uh, your daughters would probably prefer your lasagna to your mom's. I bet. Uh, it's possible. It's possible. I bet if you put them side by side for all that you're going, you can't recreate your mom's. <laughs> I, bet, I bet that they would prefer yours. That's possible. Actually, yeah. neither of the girls are big big lasagna fans, so. God. I I have diff- there's different things I make for them that they love. So. 
what's uh what's each of their favorite dishes well the lemon chicken would be one for sure and then uh i make a fettuccine alfredo with the homemade sauce and everything and they they love that they love that one yeah, fettuccine yes. Alfredo. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Is there any meat in that, or what? what uh, don't uh, put bacon in it. Yeah. Okay. And I used to make it as a side for Smokies. So. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, we do a little chicken with our uh, fettuccine Alfredo, mm-hmm. but uh, bacon. You say that's interesting. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, sure. bacon, sure. mushrooms, and uh, shallots. I think shallots and garlic, of course, because it's me. Well, let me ask you this: When did you start cooking? When I became a dad. All right. Or when least when I when I moved out of the house, basically, then I, like Lisa and I living together, we we of course cooked at home. Although we tended we tended to like go and like bum around at our mom and dad's place, so we would usually end up eating there anyway, because mm-hmm. that's where the horses were and stuff. So we were we were there. And, but when the girls were born, and you know, and we started, or when Mary's born, then our you know we started to like be at home and stuff, and we. Then we were like, oh, I guess we have to get cookbooks and figure out how to cook and figure out how to make stuff. So, yeah. So, you know. And so is that what you did? You, uh, you learned from cookbooks? Yep. Yep. I, right. I always call Betty, Cro- Betty Crocker the book of all knowledge because it's just, <laughs> it'll tell you like just things that you don't know because you've never done it before. Like, how do you cook corn on the cob? I don't know. Like, like how do you boil corn on the cob? Well, it, just open it up and it'll tell you. How do you barbecue it? Yeah. It'll tell you. How do you? And those are like, that's a handy thing to have, you know, because you can't always like. You know, can I always like call your mom and be like, well, "How do you cook corn on the?" And this is pre-internet with you, right? So yeah, you that's just, right. Like, there was no look like, it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, there was internet, but in those days, it was just people like, you know, fans of Star Trek talking to each other on a bulletin board. So it's hard to interrupt. Yeah, it's hard to interrupt in us. Does anyone know how to like boil corn? Sure. Uh, do you want to know how to make Romulan ale first? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. And and now we've gotten so advanced that it's like I want to know how to boil corn. Okay, let's let, let, look that up. When I was a child, boiling corn was the thing. That, oh, it's a story first. <laughs> I still. Okay, let me get to it. Pop up ad. Pop up ad. Pop up ad. Mm-hmm. But then my mother told me, "Son, oh God!" Finally, four minutes. Okay, four minutes boiling water. Got it. That's Done. that's too short a time, but anyway. Notice. Um, Four, I always boil uh, corn on the cob for four minutes. What do you? How long do you boil it? Well, I cook it differently than you. What I do is it's, it starts cold. I put it in okay. cold water, bring it to a boil, turn it off, and then put then put set it aside for fifteen minutes and just let it uh, sit in the water. Uh, okay. That's what I learned from Brady Crocker, and that's how I that's how I cook it. Uh, okay. I, and I'm still this. I'm still the same. I never boiling water. That's me. And I, I even now I never like go to the internet to find out how to make something. I just will go to Betty Crocker and open it up and go. How do you make tartar sauce, Betty, Betty Crocker? Sometimes it's not helpful because uh, Betty Crocker is owned by um, food companies, right? Or it, So right. it'll have things like, how do you make scalloped potatoes? And then it's like, ready-made scalloped potatoes. Use this brand, you know, yeah. Sheriff's uh, scalloped potatoes, da-da-da-da. And you're like, that's not helping me. But they'll also will have like like the old-fashioned way as well. So, so, so you, yeah. did you, okay, when, you, when you're boiling your corn, mm-hmm. do you salt the water or do you leave it plain? I just leave it plain. Okay, I salt the water. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to recommend to people out there salt your water. Why? Flavor. Yeah, I don't you know. I don't, water. I don't like salt on corn. So, what do you put on your corn? Just some butter. That's salt. There's salt and butter. Yeah, just the just the, that's the all the salt it gets. I don't want any more salt. Like like some people will put they'll put butter on it, then they'll add salt, and then they'll maybe add pepper. Mm-hmm. I don't like no. Okay. I just put in butter, and that that's it for me. I'm okay, a I'm, right. a I'm a I'm a I'm a reducer in of recipes. So. Okay. Like all my uh, pies, I always leave out stuff they recommend putting in. Do you salt your water when you cook spaghetti? Uh, no, not usually. Okay. Sometimes all I right. will, sometimes I won't. 
All right, everyone out there, salt your water when you cook spaghetti. <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there. I, I don't know. I, I put like spaghetti sauce and stuff on my spaghetti, so I, <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't even notice if there was salt in the water. Okay. Uh, everyone else, uh, do it. Salt yeah, your yeah. Salt it makes water. it way better, everyone. Super good. Super good. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It makes a huge difference. Oh, really salt. Yeah, I'm not a salt yeah. guy. I'm not a salt guy, so. doesn't matter. It's still... <laughs> it, just, it just seasons the... Uh, it's not like it's Seasons salt. the water is what you then pour out. Uh, yeah, yes. it's just a... Uh, <laughs> It. Oh. <laughs> I've never, I've done it and haven't done it. I've never noticed the difference. So, all right. I want to again. I'm just going to ask our listeners then. Hey, everyone out there, uh, salt salting your water. Do you do it? Do you not do it? Does it make a difference? Is it just a is it just a fiction that uh, people like me believe in? Am I fooling <laughs> myself? Your fan, your fantasy world. I'm out of, tired of your fantasy world of cooking, Ian. Fair, fair enough. I mean, no, Sorry. it's fine. I mean. And everyone has different tastes, right? Like my my brother in law, like he'll come over and you know say we're having like the lemon chicken, which has literally has a a, tea, tea, a a teaspoon and a half of salt in 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 it, and he will like add more salt. I'm like okay, because I guess it needed more, but that's just his habit, right? He's just like whoop, salt shaker, throw it on. Yeah, and there's and some people just... that will uh, salt the food uh, at the table before tasting it too, mm-hmm. which to me just drives me bananas. <laughs> It's just like, like and let's get that pepper on there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, did you try it for just any? Okay. <laughs> I do put pepper in it. Yeah, like when I make, I, when I make like macaroni and cheese, I do. I, I add pepper in. It doesn't call for the recipe, but I like pepper in my macaroni and cheese, so I just add it in in the cooking stage, into the white sauce as I'm making it. And okay. um, yeah, uh, but people will still put uh, pepper on after. That's fine if you like pepper. That's that's cool. I don't care. It's fine to me if I you really like don't pepper care. and you've tasted the food. Yeah. And now you're adjusting the seasoning yeah. to what you like. Yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. If the if before we even get started, you've <laughs> cracked out uh, the sriracha and you've just drowned it with that. I was like, okay, just one, take one bite first, then let's uh, let's work it up from there. I don't mind. It's whatever. Yeah. It's all good. And just think like again. Sorry to go back to when we were kids. It feels like if we, when we were kids. Uh, sriracha would have been a stunt. Like it would just been like, Ooh, mm. look at this guy. He's got sriracha. Like yeah, he, he, can eat, yeah. he can eat sriracha. Now it's just normal. Yeah, yeah. It's just a normal thing. Just that's what it is. Yeah. The there first kind of hot sauce I ever had that wasn't, I don't even think I had Tabasco sauce was mm-hmm. uh sambal Olek, which a friend, a friend. Used oh yeah. Yeah. And introduced me to, which yeah, that's nice. It's okay. I'm, I'm kind of, I ate it for a while and now I'm kind of off of it. Cause I feel like it, it's too hot for me. Okay. And I feel like it's just like a kind of a stunt. And it doesn't like make the food. It makes it like it's it's more like I'm like eating the food as like a as like a dare. <laughs> that's okay, like, that's not why I, I, I eat like stuff. eating myself. But yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a. I'm not. I li- like I like Tabasco sauce. Eat, although I did have like a, and I don't mind heat, but and I, and I don't and I can eat it quite easily. But I just I've gotten to the point now where I just don't see the point of it. But like I say, like when I was at Summerland, well, I say you can't stand the heat, then turn down the heat. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what I. And yeah, last week they. They're like, oh, you should try this um, this hot sauce, Dave. It's like crazy hot, and like, and everyone was like taking like tiny amounts of it, like, oh, just put it like a, oh, the size of a green rice on your chicken, and and because we're, we're having wings, and so I just like, you know, kind of plunked it in and whipped around, and everyone was like, what are you doing? And then I was just eating it, and it was hot, obviously, but it wasn't terrible, it wasn't terrible. But I find like I prefer the flavor of it before it gets really hot. Do you know what I mean? Like I okay. like the the initial flavor of the hot sauce, like. There I'm like, oh, that's a good flavor. I like that. And then it like, you know, then it just decides it's gonna like kill your tongue, and then your tongue starts on fire. 
you're like, well, that's not as pleasant. I prefer like the initial flavor of it to what I'm experiencing now. It was okay. I did, I did keep using it because I liked the initial flavor. And I, the rest of it was just kind of like, well, whatever. But okay. um, And then someone who was there, he said, he described me as a, what did he say? Like I said, you're a, you're a maniac or something like that because I was using so much, I guess. I don't know. It's just, you're a maniac with that stuff. And I was like, well, it's, it's tasty. It's just I would prefer like a distated the initial flavor rather than the after flavor of burning. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, I have toned down a little bit just because I got acid reflux, so I'm trying to mm. be careful with that. Uh, and also, I got, uh, you know, I don't, my blood pressure is actually fine right now, but I want to keep it fine, so I do tone down the salt as well. Cool. Uh, aside from salting my water, because I'm not a, a maniac. Um, but uh, <laughs> You are a maniac. No, no, it's it's fine and fine. Salt water one, th- one thing I've been back to doing, I think I mentioned last week, was I've been swimming again. And uh, holy cow, does it make every part of your body hurt? Oh my gosh, every part. <laughs> like it's just a. Well, you're just, just not. A, you're just not used to it. Oh, you're right. I'm yeah, not. Yeah. Uh, and, and and I'm getting more used to it. But mm-hmm. oh boy, it's just been days of ah, like sore legs and stuff like that. Sore arms. Yeah, and yeah. then and then also like stomach cramps, and it's like, well, why is that? Well, because you're working your core like mm-hmm. crazy. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. It's like being punched oh, in the stomach. It's over. not. Oh, you mean like stomach cramps after you're finished swimming, or when you're swimming, you feel like you get cramps? No, no, no. Like afterwards, because like I've been using my core so much. Yeah, yeah. Especially if I'm doing any like okay. backstroke stuff, it really mm. works it. Yeah. That's not that's not stomach, like that's not stomach cramps, but yeah, yeah, I don't. Okay, but it's like uh, muscle soreness. Well, yeah. it is. It feels like cramping in in the muscle. Is it not? So what? No, because muscle cramps are, are from lack of oxygen to your muscles because your okay. your your aerobics your aerobic ability you know your aerobics are, are are low, so you're not you can't like see so you can get it like a stitch in your side when you're running. That's that's a <laughs> muscle cramp. Like you're just getting sore muscles. So like when you go to sit up, you're feeling like you're you're feeling your 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 core muscles are, are sore. And of course, you're, and they're, you're, but they're coming they're coming in bursts of like spasms. Oh really? So, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which is what I usually get. I'll get like muscle spasms. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. if I've really worked out the day before. Yeah. Uh, that'll 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 occur. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, that that so, could be. I'll have to I'll have to ask Lisa about that. Um, okay. Maybe she'll maybe she can give you some help. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna look it up on WebMD. Don't Let look it up on WebMD. No, no. Let's, let's... Oh my God, Dave! I bequeath right. the show to you. <laughs> Please carry up my memory. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna... Yes. But here's one of the fun things that's the, with the swimming, because like you gotta do. First of all, the not fun thing is uh, I gotta wake up uh, early every morning to book a swimming thing the next day. So I got to get up for like 9:30, which is early to me because I work nights and yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, so get up at 9:30, try to try to get on the website. It's a terrible website, uh, <laughs> and then try to book the next day. Maybe you get on, maybe you don't. Sells out almost immediately. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you do you do that. But then I go the next day and uh, do the swimming. But it's well, my favorite part now is 15 minutes before it's over, and I'm usually you know by that point I'm out and I'm doing something. Uh, but like that's the point where they go. All right, well, we're gonna be shutting the pool down in 15 minutes, and all the kids freak out. <laughs> so like two days ago, all of them at the same time went, no, no, and we're so mad. And like parents are like, no, let's go up. And some of the kids just went no and burst burst away from their parents and jumped back in the water. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. And today, uh, I was like, oh, I want to see what happens today. So I sat back and was like, all right, let's see how it goes. And 15 minutes, we'll be shutting the pool down. And one kid just went, boo! And then they all started booing. Boo! And they're <laughs> booing the lifeguards. <laughs> so, yeah. 
that's uh, that's cool to see. Just these kids really uh, rebelling and getting so angry. Yeah. Really telling them you can't swim anymore. Get out of the pool. No more fun for you. It's uh. It's funny. Mary loves Mary loves to be in the water. That's like her. That's Mary's Mary's element is the water. It's great. Yeah, she's, she's she's not wrong. No, she's well, like you know, she's her dad's daughter. So yeah, I'm the same. You know, having grown up. Even before we had a pool in the backyard, I would I always I would go you know every day I could go to the pool to our, our local either our indoor pool or our outdoor pool I was there I, I always love to go swimming and today I'm the same I don't get to go swimming as much as I used to like I used to when the girls were younger every Tuesday we would go to the pool and swim for a couple hours mm-hmm. and either go to our local our very local one which was an okay pool but then there was one in another area of Langley that had a had slides in the in the pool they had big you know big slides that you slide down from like you had to climb up upstairs okay. and come down these big kind of water slides and so that was fun so we would go there quite often with the girls and go on the slides but also to swim in the water swim in the cello area and then we go into the deep part and, and swim around in there as well okay. and have fun and just kind of paddle around and and just and goof off and then if I if that was feeling it, we'd maybe get an ice cream cone after we're done at McDonald's just a just little cheap little cone and then if they're like, I didn't do it every time because if you do it every time, then it's expected. But if it's you do not it, special. That's right. But if you do it every once in a while, then it's special. So yeah. Yeah. Do you salt your ice cream uh, before you eat it? Because I I just always like <laughs> <laughs> pretty close. special, <laughs> the, especially just in, on the inside of the cone. These, it just makes the flavor. These better. questions are going to lead to a salt. That's all I have to say. I just wanted to say to, I wanted to say to the kids, mm-hmm. hey, you know, there's like a body of water right behind the pool. You guys could just go for a swim there. There's nothing wrong with that. Just to, what, just the to beach. Yeah, go to the beach. Unlike you, they don't like salted water. Mm, they are. Every time I, I see I bet you don't like and, swimming in salted water. Well, I like, yeah, well, I like, uh, I swim in Hawaii. It's uh, delightful. Oh, okay. Um, when I sometimes go and sit on the beach and do some writing, and I'll see people going for a swim. Yeah. And they're like so excited. It's like, oh, it's going to be great going for a swim. Then they go out for a swim. They're never delighted. They're never <laughs> delighted. They don't like it. Wait, it's too it's, cold? It's, I don't know what it is. It's just they don't like it. Yeah. It's just they go out and like and they try to be like nice about it. Like, oh, this is uh, – <laughs> and like they're touching the ground. You can tell it's not pleasant and it probably is really cold. And it's just like, oh, this is – and yeah, and then they come back. Yeah, and they're not uh, they're not pleased with uh, with how it is. Yeah, the ocean ocean water is cold. That's for sure. When I was a kid, I, I had no problem with it. And I, and I was a little – I was a skinny little kid. I wasn't – you know, I wasn't like packing – pack an insulating layer but i had no problem like like we went to long beach like on vancouver island when, when we were kids and i was out there swimming in in the ocean water and it was just great and you swam in la swam in portland or not portland yeah, in I was Oregon. You swam in la yeah yeah and uh, i almost got i almost drowned in la getting knocked over by a wave when i was a little kid oh really okay. oh yeah really like yeah i wasn't expecting because we you know here our beaches, we have like this giant island between us and the ocean. So we don't really get a lot of waves at, at our local beaches. To get like real waves, you have to like go on the ferry, then drive across Vancouver Island, and then you'll experience actual real like surfing style waves. We don't really get that here. And so, yeah, in LA, I was just like, oh, this is a little kid. And I was just like in the water. And then I wasn't expecting it, And this wave knocked me over mm. and sent me spinning. And then I was completely disoriented. And I tried to like stand up and then I got hit by another one. And then I, you know, and I was like, out of breath by that point it was a real like scary moment and then i was able to like find the find the surface and get out of the water 
but it was scary. Yeah. So I learned, I, have, I learned to be more careful from that experience. I have a lot of uh, childhood memories of being swimming and not knowing there was a wave behind me and it hitting me in the back and yeah. smashing me into the sand. Like just like <laughs> where I feel like I'm halfway into the sand. Yeah. Yeah. The impact. But the scariest thing for me was, was like Hampton beach. And uh, so you sw- you're swimming around, you're having a good time. And then, and then I, I hear like, look behind you. And like a turn and I see a wave and it's a substantial wave. Yeah. And the wave's coming at me and it's full of jellyfish. And Whoa. it's full of red jellyfish. <laughs> is that and bad? It's just like, a red bit, jellyfish bad? Uh, well, uh, do you like being stung? This is the thing. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, you well, you know what? You, you don't like being stung. I'll tell you. I'll tell you <laughs> in advance. You don't like being stung. Okay. Um, so, uh, but I never got stung by the jellyfish. Okay. But I was told that these are really stinging jellyfish. So, like, I made myself into a little ball. And, there's, and just let it go over me, and you just feel things brushing against you, and it's like, Gah! and then like made my way, uh, and, and then my sister, yeah. uh, uh, who's being a dick, uh, went, oh, when you're coming, watch out for the quicksand. What? And so there was no quicksand. Of course not. But uh, I just made me think that there was quicksand, and of course, when you're coming in from the beach, everything feels like quicksand. So I was like, thanks. But then there were, the the beach was then covered in uh, jellyfish as well. Yeah. So you had to like dodge the jellyfish like they were little landmines. Yeah. <laughs> creepy, creepy damn things. Yes. That would be my thing. Like even though I know moon jellies don't sting, that there's so many moon jellies like uh, in that water behind the pool that I would not want to go into it just to be around the moon jellies. Even though they're very pretty. Yeah. I'm just a real uh, anti jellyfish thing. So this is like our local waters. You mean have jellyfish? Yes. I don't think I've yeah. ever swam where there's jellyfish, or or that I knew that they were there. I guess. Oh, there's quite a few, yeah, moon jellies like in in our waters. Okay, okay, They're, and they are very pretty, uh, and they don't really sting you, mm. um, you know. But I, again, when I'm a kid, I'm reading up on jellyfish because you know there's jellyfish, so I'm like, oh, let's see what's up with jellyfish. Yeah, and it's like, well, there's the man of war. That's oh, the one I the read, old... the Portuguese man of yeah. war, right? That's, the... that's that one will kill you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, that's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. We shouldn't swim there. Oh, no, you should. It's nice. But what if a Portuguese man of war stings you? Well, you die. Yeah. Well, I don't want to swim there then. That's not worth it for me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, you could walk out your door and get hit by a bus. So, you know. You just... Yeah. And then you always had that discussion about sharks. They you know, mm. just like, sharks never come around here. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. The water's too cold. Oh, that's good to hear. Except for the, that one time. Hmm? Yeah. What about that one time? You know, sometimes they come around here. We just said they never <laughs> rarely come around here oh okay why are they here oh you know they were driven from the sea and they don't want to be here oh so they're mad yeah they're angry if they, if they do show up they're angry and they're hungry they're just dis- disenfranchised sharks yeah they'll only don't worry they only attack if they're scared mm-hmm. and are they scared oh they're scared all right they are very very frightened and hungry and uh yeah, yeah uh, willing to lash out at anything yeah okay anyway you enjoy your swim <laughs> but it's rare it's rare it's I suppose it is rare. A woman was just killed in uh, where in, uh, on the east coast, a Cape Cod or someplace like that. She was swimming and got killed by a great white shark. Oh, I was reading well, it in the paper this morning. I don't. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Boo. Yeah, not good. Quit, and not quit it, and sharks. Not, and not in any way how you expect to go. No, no. You don't expect to get it, and I'm sorry, bless that person, and um, we're not going to talk about that person right now specifically. Yeah. I'm going to just get, get generic. Sure. But if there was a phone call, yeah. and you and you heard like, oh yeah, uh, Ian uh, Ian died. Oh my God, what happened? Eaten by a great white shark. Didn't expect it. Nope. 
don't know how to process that. Yeah, it's very that strange. That makes no sense to you. It is. It's just like, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, he was out swimming and a shark ate him. Did he owe it money? <laughs> first question. Yeah, this is uh, this is again the re- one of the reasons I don't want to visit Australia yet. I do. Huh. I love I love the idea of going to Australia. Yeah. Then it just goes down the list of all the things in Australia. <laughs> well, but let's be to be fair. <laughs> people are scared of you than you are. No, now. I'm not. I don't. Not that. I just people. People live in Australia. I know they're fine. Like people are getting like they're having like average daily lives. So they're not. They're not struggling. There's no like. There's no mm. like giant problem where they're constantly like they have like you know, safe rooms where they have to go and like lock themselves away for like six hours of the night to avoid, avoid some sort of monstrous creatures. They're hey, just living you, their lives. Okay. But you get up in the morning, Dave. Yes, I do get up in the get morning. Your, yeah. You get your shoes. Okay. And you don't shake them out to see if there's deadly spiders in them, which you would do if you're Australian. Sure. That's like my, my friend Shane. It's like, there you go. You walk into the bathroom. You don't check the bathroom out first. To make sure there's nothing in there yeah. that will kill you. When you go to the bathroom, yeah. you're ready to go to the bathroom. Sure. Like, no, before you do that, much like you're a spy, yeah. you've got to do a safety check around to make sure that things are there. Sure. Are you going to bed? Sounds great. Wait a second, buddy. Better shake those sheets out first. <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. You know, it might be a crocodile. So, you know, no, then all right. of a sudden you're asleep and there's a crocodile in bed with you. And it's like, oh, no. I did. I did find out an interesting fact. About I didn't realize that crocodile. You know what it is. Crocodiles can't produce their own heat, so they're just they're just leaching off your body heat. Yeah, they, they want to, aren't. They want to spoon you. They're not. They don't want to eat you. They just want to borrow some heat. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I liked a fact I heard uh, this week, which was that alligators can live like a hundred years, which increases the likelihood they will actually see you later. It's <laughs> like, a fair point. It's a fair point. If any animals should be saying that. So those guys and then uh, parrots. Apparently, a song written by a zoologist. You didn't know that, did you? I no, I did not. Hmm? In fact, uh, if the band was called the Zoologists, I would go good name for a band. Really? Wouldn't you go like, "Hey, who's up today?" The Zoologists. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a look. I'd, I'd watch that band. Okay. Let's hear it. Let's hear what they got to what the what they got to say. I don't know. You wouldn't uh, listen to the Zoologists. I'd have to see them first, but not listen to them. No. No, I'd want to. I'd want to get like. I would, I'd like to know what they look like before I listen. Okay, to so the band, the zoologist, is on stage. Yeah, lights come. Up. Sure. Uh, how would they have to look that you would like keep listening? Uh, they'd have to be a three-piece. Three-piece, got it. Yeah, drummer. So we got a drummer, bassist, bass. Not guitar player though. P- keyboards. Keyboard, bassist, uh, drummer. Yeah. What are they dressed like? Um. I would prefer if they were all wearing lab coats, as if zoology was like some sort of like thing they did in the lab, which I know it isn't, but I prefer that. Glasses or no glasses? Well, they have to have glasses. All, all three of them all have to have glasses. glasses. Yeah, yeah. And I would prefer that if they were horn-rimmed. Oh, of course. Why are we even discussing that? Well, I just did to complete the picture. Ties or no ties? No ties, no ties, no. Uh, in every other way, they're pretty pretty casual. Like They're just wearing t-shirts, but not jeans, like, like, uh, khaki, like chinos or khakis, mm-hmm. with sneakers. Okay. If I saw that, then I'd be like, you know what? This band looks like a band I might like, I might like and I would be interested. And, okay. And uh, I think that, just to round it off though, just so people understand, bass player is a girl. But she's, okay. But she's also wearing like just the same as everyone else. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Now, sometimes, she, a- sometimes she mixes it up, wears a skirt, but not always. And, and what's, their, uh, what's their big hit called? Big hit? Clam up. 
Okay, so it's a zoologist that yeah, like yeah. deals with plants. I know, I know, but you know, they're like they're into they're small not animals. The they're not. They're the not biologists are coming on after them. They're not and snobs. What's, what's, the, what's their song? Wait, the marine <laughs> biologists are following them. Yeah. Okay. Which is weird that they would be able I'm to not interested. It's weird though because I'm not interested in the marine biologists at all. Because those okay. those that band, they they have like long hair. They're wearing like one of them has a leather vest. And they got a song called "You Otter Know," which is like is no. it a, is it a cover of the Alanis Morissette song, and it's like you think it would be, but yeah. it's but it's not. It's actually it's actually a, a cover of Eleanor Rigby that yeah. they've changed to that, and like, well, that doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> no, it and like, doesn't. yeah, you tell them that. <laughs> Those guys, they're tough marine biologists. Yeah, but they they have like they have like a dual lead guitar situation. They have two two guys playing guitar, and and uh, I don't know. And they their song is uh, uh, "Sweet Home Alaclama." <laughs> I don't know why all these songs. I don't know why all these songs are clown based. We do have letters, Dave. We do have letters if you're asking. Them. <laughs> I don't know why all these songs are clown based. I don't know. That's yeah. just my for whatever do reason. Want, do you want some chowder? Is this that was what we're... <laughs> that was the that was this where people were at that year? I don't know what it is. Okay, I think if we were if we were eating after this, I would uh, I would get you some chowder because mm. it mm-hmm. seems like that's where you're going. I do like I do like clam chowder. You're right. I I know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna do some letters here. You gonna do letters? Well, we've been talking for an hour and twenty minutes. Are you are you doing this this because of Sweet Home Alabama? Is that what this is? That was this too much for you? So Nina writes. <laughs> um, well, first of all, let's find out what, what our questions were last. All right. Time. Uh, what's your favorite scary book, and what are your go-to summertime eats? Yeah. Um, Nina writes our friend who also uh, drew the book Sparks Double Dog Dare. Oh, available. is that is that book coming out soon? Yes, August fourth. You can get it oh. uh, at your local bookstore. Well, I would I would order it in advance. I would contact your local okay. bookstore, try to get like curbside uh, pickup, mm-hmm. or uh, if you got to go with a, an evil monopoly, uh, that's fine too. We're fine with that. Sure. Um, Nina writes, my summertime go-to is a very typical one for Japanese people: somen. That's extremely thin wheat noodles, about one millimeter in diameter, served ice cold, dipped in. Cold thin sauce made yep. of uh, bonito broth. Uh, pardon my burp uh, there. Uh, they're super inexpensive, easy to make, and refreshing. I like adding green onions, wasabi, and nori to my dipping sauce. Next time you go to TNT, uh, you should pick up some along with the appropriate broth. And let me say, I will. Uh, I was looking up a recipe for the dipping sauce, and it's not a million miles different from uh, the sauce that I've been making with mirin and soy sauce uh for um ramen eggs uh so i've got a lot of the ingredients here i uh i I don't have i don't have some of them i don't have uh, some of the bonito flakes uh but uh yeah it it does look very good Uh, i would love one day to try uh nagashi uh somen where somen noodles are poured into running water going down bamboo shoots like a little water slide and you sit by the chute and you catch the noodles with your chopsticks uh, this is actually an item you can get in Animal Crossing, and it probably confuses a lot of non-Japanese players. Yeah. Uh, if you're wondering what happens to noodles that don't get caught, I am. Uh, they <laughs> fall into a bucket at the bottom and are returned to the top to go down the slide again. Oh, I'm guessing, this is the invention uh, of the song Helter Skelter. Yes. Back to the bottom, they go right to the top. That, that song's done by the marine biologists. <laughs> um, oh. And they call it... Uh, you're thinking of Helter Clamter. 
It's Raining Soulman is what they uh, call it. You think like, oh, is this a cover of It's Raining Men? No, it's nope, a cover nope. of Helter Scopes. <laughs> like, well, these guys are confusing, and they got the old Beatles theme. These marine biologists uh, are really, uh, they're real uh, genre twisters. Yeah. Anyway, Andina continues, I'm guessing they've had to currently put this practice on hold due to COVID. I'm betting you're right. Uh, by the way, though I was a big Goosebumps fan, we were asking her about Slappy the Dummy and if Slappy has ever killed anybody. Uh, I never got into the Slappy stuff. I read the first book, Night of the Living Dummy, but I don't remember much about it. I was more of a fan of the Haunted Mask as far as, as, far as Goosebumps staples go. <laughs> haunted Mask. So we still don't know if Slappy has killed anybody. So if anyone knows, has Slappy murdered anybody, let us know. And I've still got to watch that Goosebumps movie. Uh, I do want to see that. They've had two of them, right? Yep, two. Okay. Uh, Goose, our friend Louis, one, the first one's called Goosebumps. The second one's, the second one's called, called Goosebumps 2. Okay. More goose, more bumps. I've also got to watch the, uh, that uh, new Adams Family animated uh, version. I've heard that's pretty good. Okay. Um, speaking of macabre humor. Done in the style uh, of Charles Adams? Yes. That's a good idea. Louise, our friend, uh, writes, Hi, guys. Hi, Louise. Hi, Louise. Uh, I enjoyed, oh, I enjoyed playing that Sparks video game, too. Yeah, we had uh, an eight-year-old uh, design a Sparks video game, uh, which was uh, very, very fun. Uh, finally, a game I could get through. Good job, Kitty. <laughs> when I was eight, year olds, uh, eight years old, I was still figuring out how to make diagonal lines on my Etch-A-Sketch. Well, <laughs> I'd like to see those now. Oh, they're gone now? Mm-hmm. A likely story. Uh, it's more quirky than scary, but the book series I like is The Others by Anne Bishop. It's set on a near-future Earth that has been taken over by elemental entities who see most, most humans as a blight on the planet. Well, they're not wrong. Uh, I'm not really into horror, but it's satisfying when they ruthlessly take out child traffickers, abusive partners, drug dealers, corrupt officials, racists, and other human trash in violent and well-deserved ways. For example, by eating them. Uh, so it turns out <laughs> yeah. that Ben Franklin, we asked about this, if he owned slaves, did own slaves, but not after he became an abolitionist. Hmm. Uh, say, And she mentions, yes, that the cherub, I pointed out, the painting does look like Paul Giamatti, but I think he even looks more like Peter McNichol circa Ally McBeal. I would disagree. I think it looks like Peter McNichol circa Ghostbusters 2. But, you know, we agree to disagree. I don't know who I don't know who you guys are talking about. Did you see the movie Ghostbusters 2? No, I did not. Very good. Did you see the movie Dragon Slayer? I don't think I... He's lead think... in Dragon Slayer. Is that the one with Sean Connery? Uh, no, that is a different movie. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's a different movie. Uh, but Dragon's, Dragon Slayer was a movie from the 80s. Uh, is... You'd recognize him if you saw him. He's in a lot of things. Okay. Uh, and go to Summertime Eats for Louise. Fish and Chips. Nice. Right. Louise, do you go to the beach to eat those or like just sort of locally where you are? Yeah. Follow up question. Where do you eat it, Louise? Let yeah. us know. Let us know. Uh, Jada, we know our friends David and Allison go to the beach to eat all their delicious food. Oh, <laughs> okay. I the love, pictures. I love to go to like White Rock here. That's the closest place to go like that's that's beachy and uh, get fish and chips there and eat them sitting on a picnic, at a picnic table. And uh... Does White Rock still have a giant White Rock? Yes, it does. Very good. Uh, Jada Jackman writes... Uh, I love a good argument as well, Dave, and I can be especially passionate when it comes to topics about music. We noticed, Jada. Yeah, I also love that you connected King Gizzard to Ian's Lizards and Wizards, Ian and and Louise's Lizards and Wizards, Yes, as their full band name is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. So, a perfect match. I I knew that as well. Very good. Uh, I have a major sweet tooth, 
So for me, ice cream is the ultimate summer treat. It's been uh, consistently over 90 degrees Fahrenheit here, 92 degrees Celsius. So some cold ice cream always hits the spot. Actually, mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a screamer for the first time yesterday. What is a screamer, sir? A screamer is a Slurpee. Please don't say it's a sexual thing. Okay, it, go ahead. It is a sexual thing involving a clam. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, well, as long as Dr. Bonnie Henry says it's safe. Yeah. That's the thing. She has made some suggestions mm-hmm. That's in right. the last little while that have been interesting. <laughs> uh, no, it's a, it's a Slurpee that um, soft serve ice cream is added to. So you have a Slurpee that on top oh, of sir. it, on top of it is a, a soft serve ice cream. And so you, you can, so as you drink it, it kind of mixes together and becomes sort of like a floaty sort of thing, or, or maybe, maybe kind of a sherbet almost sort of thing. Cause it is a flavor okay. of whatever you have that gets mixed in together. It's good though. It was good. That it, certainly sounds interesting. While we've been talking, uh, my wife and my sister-in-law have uh, ordered some ice cream from a local place called Buckets. Ah. And so uh, there is ice cream waiting for me after this. Nice. Uh, I don't think that's making me rush through this. Anyway, let's get through it. Um, Todd writes. <laughs> I have dinner waiting for me as well after we finish. Lovely. So. Uh, Todd writes, uh, referring to our uh, Shakespearean bear pun uh, things. Yeah. Uh, Julius uh, Seabear may be a stretch as a Shakespeare uh, bear pun, but hearing you guys say it out loud makes me think that Julius C, letter C, Bear might be a good title for a children's book. Maybe something in the Paddington mold. Sir, we do not talk about Paddington on this show. We do not discuss Paddington. <laughs> we do not. We don't do Paddington. Anyway, listen, we might want to try and steal that and make that into another kid's book. Um, we can only do Sparks <laughs> for so long. Favorite scary book. Yeah. I was one of those kids traumatized in a fun way by scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm. The original illustrations by Stephen Gamble. Pre-reading it as an adult, the stories themselves are nothing special, but the Gamble illustrations still hold up as effectively creepy. Half of the time, the pictures are completely unrelated to the stories themselves and can get pretty surreal. Apparently, modern editions of the book have swapped them out for more kid-friendly illustrations, and I suppose I can't blame them. (laughs) Well, you know what, Todd? You can't, but Dave and I can. Yep. Shame on you! Shame. Shame! 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 Scare those children! Scare them good. Scare those kids. They need to be scared. Um, Edward Dragansky writes, Hi, Edward. And, of course, Edward is the last letter. Oh. We've gotten letter letters, but on our uh, webpage, he is the last letter. Yes. Um, as he always is. And he knows he is. I don't know how he uh, times it, but he does. <laughs> uh, Edward Dragansky, Dragansky writes, I think I was spooked by a few books uh, that our school library had about UFOs and the subject of aliens back in the 70s. I remember how the entire do aliens exist phenomenon was kind of an uh, esoteric thing back then with movies and books like Chariots of the Gods, of course, and the story of Betty and Barney Hill's alien abduction. I also think my mom's fascination with these subjects also had an effect on me, making me curious and scared shitless at the same time. That's good parenting. Uh, One morning last month, I woke up and looked at my wife and said, I'd love a good soap. Dave is falling down. It's like it's falling down the stairs. He's falling into some milk bottles. Are you okay, Dave? Yeah, I'm fine. Why was it making right. noise? Sorry. Yeah, quite a bit. That's okay. Uh, I was I was as well, and I will continue to do so. Here we go. <laughs> Back to that. Yeah, quit that. Um, one morning last month, I w- I'm going to do this in a scary, uh, scary, scary way, even though it's not All right. scary. All right. One morning last month, I woke up and looked at my wife and said, "I'd love a good steak." We haven't grilled steak since the pandemic started. So, 
for the 4th of July, Susan returned from the store with two New York strips, some baked potatoes, and an apple pie. The meal was absolutely perfect. (laughs) And even though we don't grill all that often in the summer because of the heat, this was worth it. Susan knows exactly how to prepare the steak and exactly how to grill it. We have toppings for our potatoes, butter, cheddar cheese, sour cream and bacon. And later, just when we thought it was all over, we had apple pie with vanilla bean ice cream. My wife could cook like a champ. And this was the ultimate summer meal for us. It almost makes up for all the steaks my dad ruined every Sunday, Saturday night, growing up almost and hanging from the door of the car was a bloody T-bone, which we then ate as well and gnawed at and was delicious. Oh, that last part wasn't there. Anyway, that was the scary story of the time <laughs> Edward and Susan had steak. Oh, that was very good. Very yep. good indeed. I enjoyed uh, that oh, thoroughly. Okay, the stone door is about to close and I'm almost through it. Wait, let me run back and grab my hat, my whip. Cue the John Williams music. That was Edward Dragansky. That's his letter. The last one. Just on this page, but there's probably other ones. Dave, do you have some? I do have some emails that we received. One. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. That was, uh, I did get some telegraphs as well, so it's good that you did that. Uh, This is from Jonathan Bampton, who has written in to say, to answer our sub-question, what are your go-to summertime eats? He says, Mm. when I was a kid, our parents would buy a punnet or two of strawberries. I don't know what a punnet Mm. punnet is. Do you know what a punnet is? P-U-N-N-E-T. I would would just say like a container, a big container Mm -hmm. of strawberries. I guess so. A punnet or two of strawberries and place them in the place them in the plastic bowl in the fridge. Awoke in the middle of the night by the heat, I would creep into the kitchen, open the fridge, and gulp down the watery strawberry condensation that formed on the bottom of the bowl. Not an actual strawberry, mind you. It was heaven. Even today, I have never been able to replicate the joyous taste. Maybe strawberries were more juicy back then less laden Mm. with preservatives, so they broke down easily. Or maybe our fridge was unhealthily moist and dank. Well, but anyway. You lost me at unhealthily moist and dank. (laughs) Yes. I I do enjoy, I have, I do enjoy strawberry juice of that sort of thing. That that is good, actually. And a a punnet, Dave, is a small light basket or other container for fruits or vegetables. Nice. It is a British British term. It is uh, typically about 250 grams. Love it. So well, it. I'm going to try and I'm going to try and adopt that into my language. All right. I will now say punnets because we don't really get baskets of them. We get these really curious green foam containers that feel like they're made of cardboard that is on its maybe sixth or seventh usage. It's being recycled. Okay. And they like. They would just break. They always like break down in front of your eyes. Like when you're watching it, you can see them actually starting to like like fall apart. And it's not. It's not. It's not enough that the veg- the, the fruit inside is also you know coming to pieces and starting to like go go bad as soon as you buy it. But also the actual container has the same problem. Mm. Uh, next next email is from Brent Tannehill, who writes to say my go-to summertime eats is unique to summertime because it grows in my garden. Imagine this, if you can. Grilled cheese sandwich, 
using sourdough bread. I'm li- loving it already. Monterey Jack cheese, uh, sun-ripened tomatoes, and basil. I buy the cheese and bread at the store, but grow the tomatoes and basil, just in case you were wondering. I use regular or that, uh, sorry, or Thai basil, depending on my mood. Hmm. So you grow both types? Is Thai basil different than, I guess Thai basil is different than yes, regular basil? Okay. Yeah. Uh, most people around here eat tomato soup with grilled cheese sandwiches, but not me. It's the only soup I don't like. Well, Brent, let me just tell you right now, I love tomato soup. And I grew up in a family where we had cream tomato soup, so I like to add milk to my tomato soup, because that's how I grew up. <laughs> Lisa finds it weird, but I do I do like it. All right, and we have one other message that came in, and this message was sent to us via good old Facebook. Okay. And this is from Josh, and Josh writes to say, Hello, sirs. Congratulations again on a most excellent 450th show. Oh, thank you. And thanks for answering what was either six or nine of my questions. Math, <laughs> math is not my strong suit. It has taken me quite some time to listen to the entirety of episode 450, hence the late kudos. To your queries for this week, I would have to say reading Stephen King's It around the age of 11 or 12 was not a good experience. I got to an early creepy bit in the, in the text, got a case of the heebie-jeebies, and literally threw the book. A few years later, I revisited the story and found it quite entertaining. I again read it as an adult, and it's just dot 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 meh. <laughs> I feel the older I get, the less I find myself invested in his stories. I do enjoy his tweets, especially regarding our current problems in the States, and the stand still holds up. And yes, I thought this prior to the world going sideways in March. As to summer food, I'm also a fan of barbecuing hot dogs. Yes! As well as burgers, chicken, Asparag- asparagus, corn on the cob. You started hot dogs, and then I don't know what happened. Corn on the <laughs> cob, and the and the like. Uh, he says the grill gets used quite often. It's good. I, I like barbecuing because then there's less dishes to clean. That's always a nice thing. But we also enjoy a refreshing caprese salad with fresh sliced tomato, basil. Do you know Brent? Brent has a big supply of this stuff. You guys should. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's get you guys together. He says abnormally large slices of mozzarella cheese. And a balsamic glaze. These salads can only feature the type of mo- mozzarella. He says mozz, but I will, I will use the proper pronunciation, which is mozzarella, which seems to cost too much at the time of purchase, but is later appreciated during the eating. If we were uh, feeling really fancy, we might go in for prosciutto on melon. Yeah. Prosciutto on melon. So that's a really salty treat. Ian might like that. Yeah, it is good. That's mm, very good. There you go. Prosciutto on melon. I'm not a melon guy myself. Maybe honeydew. I might, I might go in for that. But the neighbors might be watching and start uh, gossiping about our being hoity-toity. Thanks, <laughs> thanks again for the show and for your weekly updates, which are both entertaining and comforting. Cheers. Well, thank you for writing, Josh. Appreciate it. That's great. Nice. So yeah, there we go. Been... That is all the correspondence this week. Yeah, we've been growing tomatoes as well, and uh, they've been amazing. We've had really good tomato luck. I'll bring them in. Again, you're not going to like this. I put a little salt on them. Uh, and then I add uh, a little bit of basil. It could either be fresh basil or it could be uh, come mashed up basil. Mix that up, and that's basically how we have them, and they're uh, they're fantastic. Oh, so good. Yeah. God damn good. <laughs> that's great. Num, 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 we, num, just, num. Uh, we just started growing tomatoes ourselves. We had uh, We had our own lettuce from our garden, and we had our own tomatoes from our garden in a salad last night. 
Well, let me throw this question out nice. to our, our listeners, and you're welcome to throw one extra one in if you feel like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do you guys uh, grow? Do you grow anything uh, food-wise uh, out there? And uh, what have you had luck growing? Uh, what haven't you had luck growing? Uh, we have bad luck with basil. We try the basil and then it just dies. Oh, really? It just dies terribly, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, your, but, so what you're saying is that your basil's faulty. <laughs> so anyway, the two questions so far are, uh, yeah, do you, grow, do you grow stuff? What was the other one? It was, uh, oh, yeah, food stuff. Uh, how, uh, do you plan a week's food or yeah, how, how do you plan how do you, your meals? Yeah, how do you plan your meals? Or how, so both food related. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone's uh, someone's hungry. That's why. We, we're recording this around dinner time. Can you tell? Could could very well be. Here's how you contact us. Uh, I was reading my questions from the Sneaky Dragon website, which is sneakydragon.com. If you go there, uh, you'll find all of our episodes, not just of this, but you'll also find the Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. You will find Fansplainers, both uh, podcasts we are currently doing now. Our past podcasts are also there, like Completely Beatles, Totally Tintin, and Full Marks. So check those out as well if you would like. They're all free Let's look at them and listen. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can write underneath any one of them and go, hey, what the, or answer any of our questions or whatever you want to do. That's uh, it's your call. Uh, if you go on Facebook, we have uh, a sneaky dragon page there and you can write us there. Uh, if you like to do Tumblr, sure. That sounds like it's in the past, but fair enough. Uh, sneakydragon.tumblr.com and Twitter, sneaky underscore dragon is where we're at. Now, if you like, uh, say, emailing people, why not? Uh, SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com is where to go. And uh, we we love to to hear from you. Now, once again, it's time for plugging things blatantly. (laughs) Uh, We do have the Sparks uh, book coming out, uh, the second in our Sparks series. The original was called Sparks. Uh, It recently won a couple of awards, uh, names of which are difficult for me to remember. But it, damn it, they won awards. There was one a BC Book Award. Yep. There was I want to say it was like Hackamatack. The Hackamatack oh, Award. Hackamatack Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one I think it was called the Black Eyed Susan Award or something. Yep. I feel I feel terrible. Yep. I can't remember all these awards. We're very happy to have won them. We've, we uh, they they please us to no end. But the original book, yeah, it won it won some awards. It was a bestseller in Canada for a few months. Uh, and uh, we're very proud of that. And that book is still available in bookstores or wherever you buy books. But the new book is coming out August 4th, and that's called Sparks Double Dog Dare. Uh, and uh, Sparks is up against another uh, dog that seems to be like Sparks. What What's going on? What the <laughs> heck is going on? Uh, there's also a secret origin story of one of our main characters in there. And if I'm not spoiling things, um, how to help bees. There's some good bee <laughs> advice. So that is available. Yeah, wherever you get books as well. That's a spoiler. That's a spoiler only for bees. That's right. There was. A, this sounds like a really silly thing, but there was a one of the one of the online reviews that we got was someone that was complaining that it was just too action packed. Yeah, it was like it's all action packed, and I'm like, well, there is a there is a couple of pages where we just stop and just say how to help bees out. So, but okay. <laughs> Fair enough. It's it's if someone thinks it's that, that's fine. That's I fine. feel like they did not read very much of the book. It is it's, it's fine. It's fine. No, it's not fine. Uh, more people, more people will uh, will uh, will read it, and uh, we'll see what they see. If they're all just like, "Oh boy, that B stuff was just too action packed," then I'll then I'll go. Well, I was wrong. I I thought it slowed things down, and in fact, it sped things up. Um, but that's fine. 
Uh, I also do a book called Exorcisters, and uh, the uh, first trade is still out in, in bookstores and comic book stores, and that's called uh, Exorcisters Damned If You Don't, and I do that with uh, Giselle Legacy. Um, we are currently doing our second run of stories, five, uh, five stories, and they are available exclusively right now at comicsology.com. So if you go to comicsology.com, the eighth issue, I believe the eighth issue, uh, just came out yes, yesterday, my time, a couple of days ago, your time. Uh, and yeah, they're worth checking out as well. Giselle is just killing it on the art, and I'm very proud of that as well. The trade of that will be coming out in October, and I'll tell you more about that when that occurs. Um, yeah, that I think is my... Uh, if, if you want to uh, see me perform uh, with the Critical Hit Show folks who we normally do stuff with live, uh, if you go to twitch.com slash Eric Fell, uh, we've been doing monthly shows on Twitch, and I think they're still available there or also on YouTube at youtube.com uh, slash Eric Fell. So you can see me be a cleric and with a uh, cleric elf uh, doing uh, Dungeons and Dragons type stuff. Anyway, I think that's all my plugs. Dave, you got anything to plug? Well, the newest episode of Listening Party came out on Thursday. So if you are a fan of music, give it a listen. We actually spent some time going over uh, uh, some reader mail and also people sent in some top five lists. And so we played those and Mary and I talked about them. Mary also provided a top five list. Her top five list was top five songs not available on Spotify. As she discovered, she just signed up to Spotify and she discovered some glaring omissions in her favorite song list. So she decided to uh, talk about that. So it's kind of fun. And other other things, other lists as well. So we had some uh, Moonlight Dancing and Science top five songs. So it's quite fun. So Give it a listen. Unfortunately, it's a very long show because uh, dumb old dad didn't listen to his daughter. So the show starts off with Mary saying, I don't know, dad, I think we're going to be a really long show. And I'm like, oh, no, it'll be fine. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very long, very long show. And okay, what that tells and, you is uh, that fathers should pay attention to their wise daughters. And I, th I really do think you should have the zoologists on your show. I will. I will. Okay. I can't wait to hear their, their, their new hit. The great I new hit. clam what I clam. All the young clams. Yeah. That's the, all the young clams out amongst the yams. Yeah, it's great. That's as good as that's going to get. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> it's not even, I've been, it's I've not been even that good. That's a problem. Uh, well. well, you know, we'll, we'll get it right in episode uh, 452. Anyway, I've been Ian. I'm going to give it three and a half out of 74. Everyone, my name is David Dedrick. We'll see you soon. All right. Buy our book. Buy it. Go, go buy it now. <laughs> buy it. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Bye. Anytime that you uh, go off on a long rant, you'll probably just hear me in the background going. <laughs> am I am I well known for going off on long rants? Well, no, I'm going to try and set you up for. A oh, long you're going to try and set me up. Then I'll just be like, <laughs> Dave, what are your top five Beatles albums? <laughs> and why? That's right. And why? And put them in order of put them first in alphabetical order, then order of importance to you personally. Yeah, that'd be great. I appreciate that. Thank you.